Yeah, so a major misconception is that vaccines cause autism, which, you know, not only do vaccines not cause autism, but it's actually quite hurtful to assert that they do. Um, You know, hearing people say that they're so worried about the existence of autistic people that they would rather risk illness and death for their children um, than to have them be autistic is kind of beyond insulting. the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. Your ears do not deceive you. You are hearing new music. Your eyes do not deceive you. You are seeing a new logo, etc. If you're looking at the artwork on any of your podcast providers, we do assure you this is the new version 2.0 of the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. My name is Alan Clark. I'm a psychotherapist with a degree in counseling and psychotherapy and a master's in child and adolescent psychotherapy. Ordinarily, Peter Dunn does this bit, or I throw over and I introduce Peter Dunn, but Peter Dunn is is gone. He hasn't shuffled off this mortal coil. He's just gone to pastures greener, and we have to congratulate P on landing the, the morning slot on, on Midlands FM. So if you listen to Midlands FM, you'd be very familiar with the podcast because Cameron presents the news on Midlands FM, and now Peter presents the, the morning show on Midlands FM. So we wish them both very well. They fucked off and left us. That means I had to call in an awful lot of favours where Peter Dunn once sat. Well, I hope he didn't sit there. Um, <laughs> but that my my new co-host is, is extremely more attractive than, than Peter ever was. And I certainly hope Peter was not sitting in your sitting room, Miss Ashling Mailer. Mm, do I say no here? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking better. <laughs> Pete, Peter Hyde is, is, is hiding under the sofa there. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Peter, just jump in, would you? <laughs> Say hi. All right, Pete. No, this yeah. is a, it's just me here. Just you, thankfully. Just me. Just you being my loving partner, not just my partner on the podcast, but my, my partner in, in life as well. Mm-hmm. Well, for the last, for the last little while anyway. You haven't been more there for the rest of it. And um, let's, let's hope you, you stay around for the rest of it. How about that? No, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be let's, nice, yeah. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the end of the Straight Talk and Mental Health podcast and the end of their relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. try and not go that good on there. Yeah. If this is your first time listening to the Straight Talk and Mental Health podcast, it does it all. It, it's right there in the title. We Straight Talk Mental Health. I am a psychotherapist. This is not a psychotherapy podcast because, to be honest, any of them ones that I've listened to are fucking minus crack. So what we try to do is we try to have a little fun with it. We try to have conversations around mental health that typically people that wouldn't listen to a mental health podcast would like to listen to. And we do that through telling our own stories, our own experiences of mental health. I will give some clinical examples or I will give examples of my own life. We will give examples from our own life. Guests come on and tell their story. And on this week's, on this month's topic podcast, we have Kella. Kella runs a very excellent Facebook page, Awakened Neurodivergence. So that means on this month's topic, we are talking autism. Anyone that's familiar with the podcast knows that's a topic very close to my heart. Well, not close to my heart, but perhaps close to my brain. Because last year, actually this time last year, I was in fact um, finally diagnosed with with autism, autism spectrum disorder. For many people, they will go, oh, that was un- that only happened last year. <laughs> but <laughs> there were signs there before. Many of us didn't pick up on them. But 
an excellent talk coming up with Kella later on. So do stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you want to check us out on the social media, you can do that. You'll get us all across the board. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. Yep, on the TikTok. Down with the kids. Ashling's been long down with the kids, but... And she tried <laughs> to force really. me in. <laughs> Ashling deludes herself into thinking she's down with the kids, but <laughs> she's on the TikTok. Oh, she's I didn't say TikTok. that. I, me- I meant uh, not really that long. I've been on TikTok. I'm still down with the kids, 100%. Yeah, go so ask your daughter that. See what she has to say about that. <laughs> har, har. <laughs> har, har. So we are on all the on, on the four major, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you will get us on all of those at STMH Podcast, which is also the web address. So if you want to check out our website, our newly designed website with new sections we have a testimonials page up there all of the some of the, well some of the positive feedback we have received from from listeners over the over the course of the over the course of the podcast so you can check out the website stmhpodcast.com or if you want to e- email us with to come on and tell your story if you've got some feedback if you've got a topic suggestion a guest um, recommendation we could check out do feel free to email us and that is hello at stmhpodcast.com with all of that said, as I said, Ashling is indeed my partner. Probably a good place to start for all of the new listeners and the older listeners, um, the, the the loyal listeners that we've had so far, to to maybe give them a little bit of background on on how we met and and what our story is. So, Ashling, do you want to you want to tell people how over we met? To me, is it? <laughs> yeah, over to uh, you. Yeah, we met nearly um, a year and a half ago. Um, mm. We met through Facebook, Facebook dating. Mm. Um, yeah. Just yeah, and... just to clarify, it wasn't on Facebook. I didn't slide into your DMs. Uh... Just some random, or <laughs> you get enough of them, <laughs> you fucking get enough of them. I wasn't one of them ones. <laughs> Where <are> you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then that's basically it. So we met up, perfect date. A year and a half later, still here. Yeah. Fuck so... me, Jesus Christ. Know what? how to fucking spin a yarn, like Jesus Christ! Yeah, so we met, <laughs> and uh, here we are, and and that's about it. Like, <laughs> should we just say goodbye now? <laughs> Jesus, yeah, forever. <laughs> Too loose, motherfucker. It was, it was nice to know you. Tell the kids I love them very much, and maybe we can have a relationship. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, go, what else can I? Do you want to elaborate or? Well, you could have elaborated, yeah. Jeez. All right, okay. So you'd been on the dating scene for many years. I'd um, probably been on many a few months. <laughs> Did you make oh, me on 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 hopeless? On on <laughs> no, on and off, I meant. Not like just... <laughs> no, on and off, sorry. Um, mm. uh, I'd experienced it for the first time, and I was probably only on it for a couple of months, on and off again. Yeah. Um, then, we very strangely met on Facebook dating because both of us had our distance yeah. set uh, within a very narrow range. And I think at that yeah. point, there probably wasn't a lot of people on using Facebook dating. Yeah. And they were kind of like, oh, just just throw everyone at everyone. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. have enough people. You know, Alan's, Alan's uh, kind of seen the two people there in Calair and he didn't like mm-hmm. them. So we may just <laughs> throw them together. So Please don't let the two Brand- people listen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus, Alan. <laughs> stuff you keep to yourself yeah that's the autism i could be quite blunt i <laughs> apologize more about to that. those it... i apologize to those two girls in advance uh lucky escape <laughs> well, they didn't <laughs> the fucking cackles of you 
Jesus. <laughs> I'll take over. <laughs> I did yeah. my own joke. You know I laugh at my own. So, yeah. yeah. Where were we? So. Yeah, so we we met on Facebook dating. I have to admit, I'll hold my hands up. It took a couple of days before I actually believed it were genuine. Because I was like, mm-hmm. this this girl, is she's just fucking too hot. Like I, I, I was waiting on the... Oh, you know, maybe we could meet up, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's fucking great." And then it's like, "My my hourly rate is 120 euros." And I was like, "Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake!" Or, "Oh, baby, I just need your just need your credit card just to verify your age." Oh, okay, sounds legit. Um, <laughs> because you do get a lot of spammers and prostitutes and stuff on online dating. Um, so it did it did take uh, a day or two before I was like, "Oh, right, this one's this one's actually real." Um, so hold, hold my hands up to that one. We we clicked pretty well, didn't we? We clicked straight away. I I thought I remember the I remember I the, even the initial messages to video call. Yeah, even that uh, first video call we did. Um, I think that lasted an hour. Yeah, easily. yeah. So we did a video yeah. call. I yeah. think it was probably me that suggested that because I yeah. thought so for anyone to just annoy you're up in Northern Ireland in case the accent doesn't give it away. So I thought, mm-hmm. oh fuck that! I'm not driving all the way up the north to get catfished. <laughs> so. Probably me that had suggested the, the video call, which went remarkably well, because as anyone that knows me knows, as mm-hmm. on our autism episode, I fucking hate talking on the phone. And We were talking for a month, talk, though. Before we met, we yeah, yeah. Yeah, before we met. Yeah, we had a couple we of video dates. We had a couple of video dates within yeah. that time and texting mm-hmm. in between. And then we met up and you met a right bollocks out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because first of all it was like okay i meet you at the bus stop so we met in belfast i meet you at the bus stop which bus stop no it wasn't only one bus stop i'm thinking about it i said i'd meet you at the cafe next to the bus station and you were like what bus was i thought there was only one. Oh yeah that's yeah. how yeah. <laughs> which bus stop mm-hmm. yeah so we agreed to meet at the at the coffee shop and then I walk in, so obviously, you know, you're, you're on a date, you're you're expecting to meet someone, and you expect to walk in and, and see them. No. What did you do, Ashley? <laughs> well, this is where I was going with the whole, you've been doing it longer, I was a novice, I was a newbie. Um, yeah, I had my back turned to you in a corner, away, uh, so I was Right down the fucking the end wall. of the coffee shop. Yeah. Yes. So I had so to look around and go, where is she? Up. No, no, that's not her, mm-hmm. no. Oh, fuck, is that her down the end? <laughs> and because you had your back to me, I had to walk down, mm-hmm. stop, turn around and kind of look at you and kind of go, oh, thank fucking God it is her. <laughs> so, uh, yes. but, but after that, we had a we had a very nice, we had a very, very nice first day. And the, I think the mm-hmm. chemistry from the video calls and the text certainly, certainly carried through, obviously, because mm-hmm. because here we are almost almost a year and a yeah. half later. Well, we were put into the deep end because that was our last date for a few months. Um, so, like I said, <laughs> yeah, it was like the universe went, Ooh, did you like that? Very yeah, well, you're not, you're not going to get another one of them. <laughs> yeah. Lockdown. Yeah. Well, we didn't uh, mind. The following week, wasn't it? We didn't mind. The following week. So, we we're really lucky that it happened when, that we met when we did because we wouldn't, have, to be honest, I, I don't see us waiting six months, you know, or oh, maybe we would. Who mm. knows? We don't mm. know. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't sure we never know and we don't have to worry about that now. But um mm. yeah, so we were thrown into the deep end, um, no dates or anything like that. Uh basically our dating was come out of the house for the weekend and I'll cook for you. Yeah. <laughs> and that was basically yeah. it. Yeah. So it was it was a difficult time, but we managed to make it work and that's the main thing because mm. 
Indeed. it was worth making it work because here we are now as well mm. so mm-hmm. we made it work we made it work for for over a year and then the little blip <laughs> sometime mm. with the blip <laughs> little break we had a little, um, little break <laughs> what was the long story short again i can't remember <laughs> uh long, long story short we split for a wee yeah, while, we, we worked in ourselves, we came back better and stronger than ever. There we go, bitch, wash, wash. <laughs> fuck me, man. You need to put some narrative into this. Like, it's not fucking bullet points. For someone that fucking loves, and I mean loves fucking talking, you're like, bam, bam, bam. It's like, Jesus Christ. You know, spin a yarn here. <laughs> um, you're, do you know what this so... is? You're on fucking TikTok too much. You want everything done in 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say that's point five seconds. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So had a break. We had some problems. A lot of, lot of, uh, I suppose, communication issues, and we we both had yeah. our, we both had our own personal issues and stuff as well. So that was stuff mm-hmm. that uh, came to a head. We we did take a little break. I said, well, it wasn't like, oh, let's take a break. We we, we broke up, and yeah. mm-hmm. I suppose. And I think a few people probably said, you know, when we kind of got back together, you know, we were kind of worried, oh, what do people say? And I was like, nah, you know what, fuck it. it. You know, it shows an emotional maturity to be able to to hold your hand up and go, actually, you know what? Nah, we, we had some issues there. We, we had some we had some very difficult conversations to rectify those things. Mm-hmm. And, and we did that. And um, I definitely think we've we've come back better than before. Would you would you agree? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I've said it to you. We both walked away. Um, you need to work. We worked on ourselves. Um, mm. and we came back again. And yeah, basically, and we get like I said to you, is we get on so well. It would be stupid mm. and a shame if we let a couple of bickers be the reason that um yeah. ruined a good thing in the long run. Mm. So and everything's you know um, everything's been good. In the whole, even as a blended family, everything's been easy for mm. us, to be fair. Everything mm. has been easy for us, you know. Um, so we're so lucky in that respect, too. So there was no real, yes, there was effort, but it was, you know, at the same time, it was effortless as well because it just, mm. everybody just accepted. And like our sons are the best of friends now. And mm. Mm. it's it's just a really nice, happy environment. And yeah. It was like I say, it would have been a shame for us, for for kids, for everything. You know, yeah, like yeah, I said, me yeah. and you, we we all get on so well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that definitely. Uh, I can only speak for myself, but I know certainly having that space, certainly give the space to to miss you and and appreciate what we mm-hmm. what I had. And you know, when you when you reflect, and actually, I remember being in therapy. I remember we, you know. I talk about it on the show, you know, I, I, I attend personal therapy. I have done since my training and it's something I I keep up fortnightly. And I remember being in being in therapy and you know, obviously was talking about the problems that were there, but I remember thinking just talking about all of the good stuff. I remember walking mm-hmm. out one particular session and I was just I talked myself into how much it was missing you. <laughs> and then I went over to Canterbury, went over to see my daughter, and she talked some serious sense into me. As as I sat there mm. in awe of her emotional maturity and her ability to 
to make our relationship work. And we were out for dinner and she says to me, we'd had two cocktails at this point. So people have heard my drunk in Canterbury story. But I think I had two cocktails. It was grand. I was like, she's like, you go and drunk text her later on. I was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> but I got ahead of the posse. <laughs> I text you. I, I text you out of, out of the blue. I think you texted me as soon as she said that. Yeah. You drunk. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, oh, it was so bad because I was I was sending her the yeah. message. I was showing her the message. Go, and what will I say? And, and what emoji will I put in this? And what do I do? And I was like, is that read all? I say, yeah, yeah, send that one, send that one. <laughs> so the pair of us were scheming over in, over in Canterbury, um, un, unbeknownst to you. And oh, then, yeah, then you have to endure a, a three-hour drunken conversation then. Because um, oh, I was fucking, I was drunk. It was three <laughs> Did you enjoy hours that conversation, Asling? <laughs> it was three hours of the same conversa- the same topic, and it was just on repeat. <laughs> Please kind of let you aware that I, I was, did text I you was before pissed. I got drunk. I mean what I said. I am not texting you just because I'm drunk. <laughs> I texted you when I was sober. Now... Just repeat that for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> of which I have no fucking memory. The one, the, I'll tell you the one thing I do remember. I remember lying on the bed and I was in the hotel room. Oh, yes. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to you, oh, I think I'm getting the fucking spinnies. Uh, but I do remember is you saying, put your leg on the ground. You need to ground yourself. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think put it works like on the floor. <laughs> yeah, put my foot on the floor. foot on the floor. I'm like, this isn't working (laughs) yeah no it does stop the spins but it does make everything go back and forth then believe me i I know from experience back in the younger days (laughs) what did you have three drinks you fucking lightweight (laughs) yeah so if you put your foot on the floor it stops the room from spinning and it should help but for me it always just made everything go back and forth like a pendulum so it was it's whatever you want (laughs) so you just substituted it for something else Basically, yeah. So you can have fun with that. I think we have different ideas of fun. (laughs) Oh, I'm talking when I was younger about this. This is why you're like, come on, Alan, you know me. I don't really drink. And when I do, (laughs) it's one or two. And I am... I'm not worth it, like honest to God. Yeah. I'm not a I wouldn't be a drinker anyway. Like back as a teenager, yeah, I think you just had to for the sake, you know, you felt like you yeah, had to, to do it to standard. fit in. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's just not worth it at my age. I can't be bothered. Yeah. I think anyone with children go, fuck that. Yeah. Being hung over with children kids. and hangovers no. <laughs> do not do not mix. Uh yeah. So they are not it's good bedfellows. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're both boring bastards, probably to everyone on the outside. And we're quite happy with Absolutely. it. Absolutely, <laughs> we both we mm-hmm. both really enjoy a nice, quiet life. Um, we do that works for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, nice we, meal. We got out. that going for us. Yeah, oh, we yeah. like our we, we like our meals out, meal. and that that's our nightlife. We we we'll go out for a night. We'll get dressed up. Yeah. We'll go for a meal. <laughs> Come home to I, our, I, now I'd say later. I'd say the neighbors. Uh, yeah, I'd say the neighbours are going, oh, look at these. Oh, out for the night. Oh, look at them all fucking jazzed up. We're out for dinner at seven o'clock and we're probably back home at half eight. <laughs> They're like, oh, they must have had a fight. Oh, She's yeah. there home early. There must have been a row. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we had a lovely night. Had a oh. lovely meal, lovely. Oh, you got all her. They're probably looking at the window going, they got on really well tonight. They're home after an hour and a half. Aye, aye. Jeez, they couldn't wait. <laughs> the curtains are closing. The curtains are closing. <laughs> oh, look at, look at, fucking, look at Ashling there. Look. Oh, she's wobbly late. Oh, she's had a Baileys. Oh, I bet she's had the one Baileys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, there, what we like. So yeah, we're, we we're fair, we match each other there. So I think I think that covers the the meeting and the break, and we're and we're here now. You yeah. I I considered I considered the podcast done. I was going to leave it. P, P got the new job. He had to step out. You said, oh, well, you know, if I can help it all, I bet you regret mm. that now. Well, no, it, we had done this before, if you remember. What episode? I don't remember the episode number. Yeah, you came on, you came on the episode with Amy uh, on the suicide um, left behind, and there was a fantastic response to mm. to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people people were messaging saying, oh, you definitely have to get, definitely have to get that thing on again. So um, yeah. to those people... This is it now. <laughs> so, okay, what do <laughs> so yeah, so it wasn't like I was walking into a blind light. Um, I think that eased my nerves as well because you have time to reflect on that too. And in fact, we were only listening to that. Was it last week or so and so? You know, we both did. I yeah, listened yeah. to it first, yeah, listen, and then yeah, you, you afterwards. Day, yeah. And it was. I texted you, and I was like, "It's so lovely to listen to that because I've forgotten a lot of things that we had mm. discussed, mm. and to even go through it again." It was like, oh, I forgot about that. That's lovely. And it was just nice down the memory lane to to mm. listen to, yeah, to listen to it. And you said the same. You you listened to it the following day, and um, yeah, you you had yeah. said it to me. I was like, oh yeah, I must I must check it out. And I have to I have to admit that I I just I I smiled the whole way listening through it because it was good banter. <laughs> and there was many a time where I actually burst out laughing. And every one <laughs> of those bits where I burst out laughing was you slagging me about something. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. You really <laughs> to be fair, like I make it very slagged. easy. <laughs> but you love I, it. I like someone that can make me laugh. But it's it's, it's no. just quick witted. You know, it's it's the banter. Yeah. It's I love that. And mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things I do love about you. You are you're very quick witted. Yeah. There's there's times you've said something and I was just like, oh fucking hell. Because we love have very much the we have very much the same sense of humor. Um, oh, but and, it nearly never came out. Do you remember how the ice was? <laughs> no, we can't really go you know into what? it. Do, do you know what? You have to say it now because I had that exact thing in my head oh. and I was like, will we say it? Will we say it? No, you, 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 do, it it now. You, you do it because you're better at uh, storytelling than uh, I. So, oh, yeah, God. Well, I am you so give me the bullet points. So sorry, yeah. Bridget. Send a meme. <laughs> so delete it. Duh, duh, duh. So uh, it's a good job my mammy doesn't listen to this podcast. So I'm so, so sorry the, in advance. The story is... We the story is, I see a WhatsApp. Yeah, we we, we did. Yeah, we, we certainly mm-hmm. we bonded mm-hmm. over memes. Mm-hmm. And one day oh. I guess so. My phone has um, <coughs> for anyone with Google Photos, uh, WhatsApp WhatsApp images are backed up into the into the Google Photos, automatically saved into it. And there was a message deleted in WhatsApp, and I sent oh, I sent so a question nice. mark around. Uh, oh, what's what's the story? Say, so, oh, I sent something there, and I didn't, and I didn't think it was appropriate. <laughs> so little did you know that it had already saved into my Google Photos. <laughs> so and you can, oh, hang, hang on, can you remember? Can you remember what it was? I, I remember the gist of it, but can you? Remember oh, I know it because I remember said? the message that I said to my cousin after I sent it to you, then deleted. <laughs> And I said to my cousin, oh, my God, I think I've just um, insinuated something. And I'm not going to because you're still telling the story. And I think that's the end of me. And <laughs> no, tell it, tell I it. Go like, on, go on. No, I can't because I'm horrified. Like, it's, 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 it's you yeah, know, you work away. And again, I'm sorry. What? Oh, so embarrassing. Would you like to apologize first <laughs> again? 
I think I, I think you, you just apologize say, enough. Say as well beforehand, like I was literally on sending memes, but they were very. They weren't. They, they were tame enough. They were. They were all right. They were, they were all right. You know. Yeah. Well, hang on. So, so the meme was so. Uh, it's a kid to the to the to the father and goes, Dad, how come my sister's called Teresa? Because your mum loves Easter and it's an anagram of Easter. Thanks, Dad. No problem, Alan. So <laughs> <laughs> for people that perhaps need a visual, my name is I Alan too. But typically Alan is spent with Alan, with A L A N. So rearrange a few of those letters and Ashling is insinuating that my mother loves anal. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't actually really get until I sent it to yeah. you. I just said And then name. instantly regretted it. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, is this what you're on about? You're like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, that's like, that's really funny. Like, yeah. I was like, okay. And th- that was it. I was like, yeah. right, you're free reign now. So the, the memes oh. only got worse from that point. No, so they, they that's don't what we bonded over. <laughs> to me, that is the worst. Like I I actually cringed once I breast sent, like, what the hell did you do? It's only a couple of weeks <laughs> in and you're insinuating, you're making a joke. And I was like, oh my God. And I remember getting a cold sweat and like I said, I texted my cousin and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I literally sent Kildare. I met, cause you were, <laughs> Kildare. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's all it was known as. <laughs> so, that, so that bonded us. Inappropriate, inappropriate oh, memes. What so better way to to uh, cement your love for each other? <laughs> oh, yeah. And even then, I was like, "No, nah, you need to up your game. Like that's that's tame shit. Like you know, you need to bring it. If you're gonna bring it, bring it." Like I literally got a cold sweat. I remember that, and I deleted it. And then you, and then you were like, "What was that?" And I was like, "No." that doesn't matter it's fine i just thought it's inappropriate to delete and you went this and you reposted it to me and you went are you talking about this now i literally died on the spot and i was like oh no <laughs> so yeah you could have just ignored it knew that i was feeling yeah, a bit awkward around it yeah. but you did it all within the space yeah, of like two you, minutes yeah you had you had the yeah. you had the temerity to, to send it you should, you should have stuck by it, you know, trusted your instinct, and because your instinct was right. This is a fucking dude no that loves an inappropriate, loves an inappropriate meme about his oh. mother. Oh my god! <laughs> Again, you can tell Bridgie that one this morning when we went for breakfast, did you? <laughs> she knows. <laughs> it was a knowing glance between the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Well, I'll be, I'll be sure to, I'll be sure to tell me mad at now the next time I see her, just so she knows. Because <laughs> I know she, I know she was listening to the podcast, and I know that for a fact because I would have been fucking murdered by now some of the stuff I've said. So, <laughs> oh, she'll probably start listening now. I, oh yeah. Oh, I just wanted to listen <laughs> in because it was Ashling's first one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well mm-hmm. it's done now so I that's how we met and that's that. how, our, how, how we bonded over inappropriate memes around my mother so. mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been doing mm-hmm. good we've been doing good since Pardon one inappropriate, inappropriate meme about your mother come on that's seriously we yeah well that's weak sauce you need to fucking up your game like if, if it's only one <laughs> you gotta, go hard or go home Ashley. I think we've just, we've gone. We've covered all memes now. It's more like uh, yeah. I don't then know, we realised, oh shit. Okay, right. Oh, we've nothing more in common. Right. Now we're like, I've already seen that meme. Yeah, we're, we're just. Like, yeah, I've seen it. Seen it. <laughs> <laughs>
dear, we're not even trying. So if this can. is your first time listening to the podcast, this is the sort of shit you can expect to hear in the first half of the session. Oh. The reason we have this first half of the session is because we started out. I fought. No, I'll tell you what happened. I fought for. I fought for the first half of the session. Peter wanted to just have a small little thing of you know just a two minute kind of intro before the before the interviews that we'd have. I was like, no, nah. I said that's that's just work for me. I don't want it to feel like work. I really wanted to have have the crack with, with my friend and we hadn't seen each other. So we used to, we used to have it as a check-in and I think Peter had suggested then of a, a kind of a part of, you know, grinds my gears. And I was like, nah, that really just, it forces you to have something negative to talk about. So I come up then with a the concept of smiles and riles and the, and the check-in that we have. And we have this check-in at the start to kind of model these conversations around mental health and how we're feeling and what's been going on with us and, you know, the impact that these, these experiences have on us. So, what happened then was very surprisingly, everyone kind of loved the first half of the podcast, and was like, "Oh no, that's that's the best bit." And many people, they may not be interested in the topic that that we have on, but they listen to this bit, and then they kind of carry on listening. And loads of people have come and said, oh, "I wasn't really interested in that, but I listened to the first bit and I just kept on listening, and I, that was really good, and I learned such and such a thing about whatever that topic was." So that's why we have this bit at the start. It's not, it's not just anal jokes about my mother, you know. That's that's usually just every second or third week, but. You know, because this is the first one together, we thought we'd pull out the big guns just to just to throw people in at the deep end. <laughs> so, but we're doing, but we're doing all right. So, with that, some of the people that do get in contact with us, we get correspondence, and you can email us at hello at stmh podcast or get us on all the social media, as I said, at stmh podcast. We try to cover these topics lightheartedly, you know, because some of them are quite serious, and we had a, a quite a serious email recently. I'm not going to go into details in it because this person is a minor. Um, they are 13. They had email from Australia. And the reason the reason I give this is because the podcast has meant a lot to this person. They were in a very, very dark place, close to suicide. I had to personally email this individual back, had a bit of a chat. Um, and thankfully, they, they are doing better. The podcast has meant a lot to them. Me emailing them has meant a lot to them. And the reason I mentioned this bit is I just want that individual to know when she listens back that, you know, these these dark times happen, but we can promise everyone. We've had so many guests on this podcast that have attempted suicide, that have contemplated suicide, that, you know, they were glad it was something they didn't follow through because life, life does get better. And I know that sounds like such a cliche, but it is important to realize that at such a young age. And that was an email we received. And so I don't want to get into details due to the individual's age. But just to let her know, we are thinking about it. One of the other correspondence we had on the Facebook page was Raymond. Raymond has been in contact a couple of times. Nice to hear from you again, Raymond. Raymond had been struggling a little bit and he wanted to get in touch just to say, just want to say I will miss Peter on the podcast. Shout out to Peter. Thanks for helping to make this podcast possible. Yeah, shout out, Pete. I'm happy to hear Ashling will be stepping in. Thank you. You'll do just fine, Ashling. I bet you Raymond wasn't considering you were going to be talking about my mother and anal, but... Here we are, Raymond. <laughs> this, this is what you've come to expect. <laughs> Raymond is still pushing forward. I'm still alcohol-free since October. Yay. Good man, Raymond. I've been grand for many months, but now having depressing issues again, depression issues again. It is difficult, but we'll keep pushing forward. I just want to give a shout-out to Darren, the recent correspondence that touched me. We are not, You are not alone, my friend. We all need to check in and talk. Let the world understand our struggles. It is real. Thanks to all of you. I will check in again. Good man, Raymond. Do check in with us again. That is in relation to the correspondence from Darren that we had, who actually, actually the episode you were on, he, he had listened to that episode of Amy telling oh, the story brilliant. of 
a boyfriend that had um, committed suicide, or uh, completed suicide, depending on how you want to say mm-hmm. it. He was very close, and that and that episode brought him back, um, thankfully. So hopefully, Darren is Darren is doing better. That is what Raymond is is making reference to. So mm-hmm. I think we leave that we leave the correspondence on that. There's plenty more to get through, but I think we leave it at that for the moment, and we can come back uh, in two weeks' time because we are a fortnightly podcast now. And with that. Would you think now was the time to, to get into Smiles and Riles? Yeah, we could do Smiles and Riles. Anything yeah. anything I've left out? You know, I may be I may be my brain may be in a slightly <laughs> traumatic state as I as you know, I'm a fucking Freudian wet dream here now with all these mammy <laughs> issues that are that are going on, thanks to you, but <laughs> sorry, I thought we'd covered that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could do smiles and riles. Can we go smiles first riles. or you or Go for it. Go for it, oh love of go my life. Go for it. Oh, you know what it is. I'm looking anyway, in the mirror there. <laughs> uh, smiles. Uh, I've said this, let's just establish. Let's just what? establish this. Like, this isn't fucking TikTok. Take your time. You don't have to bullet I'm point it. Take your time. Right. Go for it now. Last week. Was it last week? Mm. It was last week. Uh, taking my daughter's woman, uh, taking Delilah's woman. So um, she mm. is turning three this year. So she is uh, a COVID baby, basically. She's everything mm. in isolation and everything. So we had a week where you were Not down. Not my COVID baby. Let's just establish so... that. Oh, no, no, no. She wants um, a major and... COVID. She basically has just lived her life <laughs> under COVID for two years because she is. Yeah, the, the isolation. Nearly. Yeah, yeah. And plus with her age and with her, you know, um, she wouldn't have been able to experience, enjoy the experiences. So mm-hmm. your son was down, you were down for the previous week and she got to experience a play gym. She got to experience mm. swimming with myself. And it was just lovely to uh, just to see her just have these wee firsts. And it's just that was it. And that was enough to get me by the week. That was definitely my plus for the week. So uh, yeah. she's waited That's a long time to do. Yeah, she's waited a long time. I've waited. I probably enjoyed it more than her, to be fair, as a parent. <laughs> um, which I did because mm. I've been banging on about it for ages. I must take her swimming. Like, it's terrible. She hasn't, you know. Not that I don't think she really enjoyed it. I just told her it was a big bath. Um, mm. uh, but I think just with more with more time and, you know, she will get used to it. She'll enjoy it more. Um, but, yeah, she enjoyed She went down that slide that James went down. James went down a few more <laughs> the times. The slide that James put the arse off himself on. <laughs> yeah, and Delilah was like, I'm not doing that again. But James, yeah. you were And she had a nappy um, on. <laughs> Yeah, he was sore. Like James um, didn't. <laughs> all the kids seemed to be sore going down it, but did they go down ten to twenty times? They all go back they down. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. I know. So it, they enjoyed it was, all, it. it was all the it was all the women that were going down it that I was worried about. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I'm going down that again. So you went down it twenty seven times for some reason. Well, I did tell you to get off, Alan. yeah so that's she really enjoyed she really enjoyed that we really enjoyed that in fact the kids had a fantastic weekend all four of them um delilah's obsessed with you Mm. i think she just she never it's ali this ali that she's literally sat on your shoulders like a little like a little queen just just (laughs) walking around town and yeah as soon as you Mm. put her down it's ali so Mm-hmm. <laughs> just took him to now waking up in the morning 
grabbing what she thinks is a phone and having an imaginary conversation with Ally first thing in the morning. So, yeah, she loves Ally. <laughs> we, we were only we were only texting earlier saying it's one of those situations where, you know, the parents, the mother and father put the child in the middle and, and, and call them over to see what the child loves more. Mm. It's like, if, if, if you and her dad did that, She'd still come to me. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like, and then, <laughs> yeah. she, and then she loves James too. She lo- absolutely loves she James. Does, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's a wee curly wake, isn't she? So much hair for her wee head. The amount of but, hair is unreal. I know yeah. the length of it, but um, mm. no. So seeing seeing that that was fantastic. Um, like I say. Um, We'll definitely have to try and keep that up now that everything's kind of back to normal. At least try and get yeah. her used to yeah. certain things. And when James comes up, play gym, etc. So yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Smiles. So play gym and swimming in the space of three days. A week. <laughs> what a what a life. Yeah. I mm. know. And that was just smile, us smile or smile and rile, smile and rile. Which way do you want to go? I know what your smile is, but go on, give it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so to, to to let people know so yeah so you know my smile <laughs> didn't we didn't even have this conversation but like you, you know me obviously um mm. so we are recording on easter sunday the great thing that i thought about with the podcast with peter Gomez was we had such a narrow window to record and we'd end up having to record it late at night kind of eight o'clock and we finish at maybe 10 or half 10 some nights we only started at a half nine quarter to ten so here we are now it's easter sunday yesterday i had booked tickets to chicago the musical up at the board gosh theater i am a, a big fan of the theater and before hamilton chicago was my was my favorite musical i had seen it on broadway and i had said it to you you know if i got tickets would you go you were like oh yeah uh, yeah it's your birthday i guess uh, yeah okay i'll go mm. i thought great i booked this <laughs> Little, little did I know. <laughs> I met a bit of a whoopsie. You're, you're not one that. Well, I know. I definitely know you're one that does not like musicals. But I thought, no, she liked me. She liked Chicago. Badass chicks, you know, great songs, nice jazz music. No, she def, she definitely liked that. Oh, I was wrong on that from that. That wasn't selling it. And then you don't also like <laughs> large crowds. Um, so it was a bit of a nightmare, really, for you. It was large crowds, and it was a musical. So you're like, wah, wah, on, on both counts. <laughs> so I immediately regretted that decision. But we got dressed up. I was like, it's the theater. We can get dressed up. We both, we both like to make an effort when we go out. We, we got dressed up. Went to the theater. We did what we always do. We people watch. We, and we look for wish celebrities. So mm. Ashling's, oh, I need to put this in. I need actually, uh, I, I'm saying this to remind myself. I need to put this on the website as on your, on your bio. That one of your special... And it is a special, special talent, is spotting wish celebrities. Tell, tell people about wish celebrities. It's just it is. It's, you go, I seem to spot them everywhere. Um, and I do a good job of it too, to be fair. Um, you do. My, you do, yeah. <laughs> My problem is I can spot them and I'll... But I'll never remember who they are or where what. Oh, just, <laughs> and that's where I come in. I that's my remember, special I talent. I don't remember their names. I'm like... Alan, he looks like ah, he looks like you you know your man that plays the movie and the, mm. the t- on the TV show and he's you know him him that sits like, down boom. a lot, <laughs> Professor X. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was a good one. You just I think that kind of covered yeah. what I was like to be with. But so yeah, I, yeah. Um, so you you spot people who look like celebrities, but they don't look like celebrities. 
they look like the Chinese mm-hmm. version that you would get on Wish. You know, some a kind of half-deformed plastic action figure. Some of them, some of them yeah. are, yeah. But they that's what are. we were doing. That's what we were doing in the yeah. We were doing that in the foyer mm-hmm. then yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. and you never believe who was in large attendance, which group was in large attendance at a musical. Gay men, believe it or oh, not. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Many, many gay men. Uh, I wasn't one of them, despite what many people think. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we were we were people watching and we were, you spotted a lovely gay couple of like, oh, don't they look so good together? Oh, and mm-hmm. It was like, fucking hell, like get, get a room with the lads. But <laughs> we were standing there and I at one point had noticed a, a couple of women looking over and I'm kind of going, the fuck are they looking at like this? What, what's going on here? Like, um, And then to see me looking and they kind of looked away and then they looked back again. I was going, what? the fuck is going on here so we go in we take our seats and we're kind of toward toward the middle of the toward the middle of the aisle and we have to get up then as people other people go in to uh, to take their seats and there was a group of three women and the first woman i think she said something about your outfit or something did she or is that what she said at first? she just says you look lovely we were talking about you i just wanted to say that you look lovely um mm. basically that was it that was it was lovely like to, i wasn't yeah, expecting it was, that was and so. it was like oh we're kind of like wow that's a fucking really nice thing mm-hmm. to say and then the third mm-hmm. lady in the group she was like oh yeah we just seen this we were outside at the bar there and we just seen this and we were actually commenting on the magnetism that you have I was like, oh, I said, oh, you just have this magnetism between the two of you there. We were we were actually commenting on it outside, and I was like, oh, wow, that's a fucking, that's a really nice thing to say, you know. Because yeah. you didn't go up to the gay guys and tell them they looked really good, but I was like, wow, yeah. they, they seen that we, you know, they thought we we dressed, we looked really well together, and it was just that, mm-hmm. you know, this magnetism that they spoke about. And because because anyone that knows us, everyone says, oh, you're a really good couple, like. But I think a part mm. of that is gone. Yeah, he's a fucking well suited. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they didn't know us. Um, so mm-hmm. what you couldn't hear and what I could hear, thanks to me fucking super autistic hearing, was she she leaned over to her friend and she goes, "Can you believe that now? And we were only talking about them when we're out at the bar and the magnetism <laughs> that they have, and here we are now sitting sitting beside them. What is the chances <laughs> of that?" <laughs> So that that had me smiling. I thought that was that was that was a really a really lovely thing. Yeah, and then I um, said to you, is it? I said to you, somebody lost a bet. Because <laughs> <laughs> as we're people watching, Ashling was going, oh yeah, I bet you everyone's thinking you're gay. And then it's like, oh, he's got his arm around her. Oh, it's probably just his sister or something like that. Or... Yeah. And then like, did he kiss her? He didn't kiss her. Oh, oh no, 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 he's only pretending. No, that's what's... what's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, he must be. Oh, he has to be gay. He has to be mm-hmm. gay. Because that is something I've heard many times in my life of... <laughs> Mm-hmm. You, oh, what's what's one I've heard a few times? You dress too well to be straight. I say, why? Because oh I have God. a fucking shower and I wear nice clothes. Like, is that the criteria mm-hmm. <laughs> to be gay? <laughs> Apparently so. so yeah, but I thought that was lovely. So that was my smile at <laughs> Chicago. You were not smiling. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Um, where do you go with that one? Um, so I would suffer a little bit, and it's definitely not as bad as it was. I'm even. I said to you, it wasn't the worst one at all. Uh, so would it be classed as social anxiety? What would it mm. class as? Mm. It's, no, it's, it's just a it's, general anxiety, but in, in a social sense. <sighs> you're grand talking to people and yeah. stuff like that. But Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. It's more the case mm. of when mm. you're enclosed and it's, it's almost like feeling, feeling of being trapped. Grand if I'm sat mm. near a door. Um, 
so I knew as soon as we walked in, I seen the seats and they were in the middle, weren't they? So mm. if anything, and so Just in left, my left mind, left of center. <laughs> yeah. So in my mind, Jesus, if you have a panic attack now, you're going to have, all eyes are going to be on you when you try and get out of the room because you're going to have to have mm. 10 people stand up to let you out. And that's just makes, that's obviously driving into your mind that it's, you know, obviously I, you, you do it to yourself. It's like, as I've said it to you, as I'm fully aware, it's not a disease. I know you're, you're, you're doing it to your own self. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. horrible. Um, I kind of let you know anyway, that, that there was a possibility. I've always kind of put myself yeah. Yeah. At, the, at, at the door. If I, if I was going to, if it was anything mm-hmm. where it was enclosed or whatever like that, um, slight panic attack, um, I'd say five, 10 minutes. And I, you said to me, are you all right? And I was like, no, yeah. Managed to calm myself down from that. Not like I said, definitely not the worst one. Um, managed to get through that. Had two wee minor ones. And I said to you, I says, look, sure. After the interval, I said, sure, we can, we can do it. It's not the worst one I've ever had, like, or anything like that. But you were like, no, I can hear mm. it in your voice. We'll go. Um, mm. But I was no, I was more than happy to continue it. Like you know, I, you, mm. like I, I have to. You have to. Not that you have to, but I like. I personally would try and persevere um, and try and get through it anyway, at least. But I, I kind of half like, expecting I, it, which is one. No, I just wanted to say, like, I really, I really admire you being able to being able to talk about it so openly, um, because mm. the majority of people hide their anxiety, which of course just increases the anxiety. So. Mm. You know, to to come yeah. on here and you are quite open, and if you're in situations, you will tell people, "Look, I have a little bit of anxiety." Our job interviews um, and everything like that. Yeah. If mm, I've been mm. for a job well, interview, no, I, the first thing I'll say before they close the door, I'm just going to let you know that I do suffer from anxiety and a panic attack. So, mm. I'm, like, I'm just going to let you know that this. I'm. I'm. I'm mm. Don't judge me <laughs> on mm. my nerves at this moment in time because this is not who I am. Like so, and they've always but, been very good. I do good. think. Yeah, but I do think that the more important piece of you talking about this is no one would know because anyone that knows you Mm -mm. knows you would talk the fucking hind legs off of anyone. Mm -hmm. You -hmm. will talk to Mm -hmm. anyone. You are so social. Nobody Mm -hmm. would have any idea of of the experience that, that you're going through no one could imagine yeah. that. i think it's great that that you can come on here mm-hmm. and say this and go yeah look you know you're not yes i'm really outgoing i'll talk to anyone i'm you know quite extroverted mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know to come on and say that i think lets other people know that yeah oh wow yeah. she does okay maybe it is okay to talk about it so oh, it's nothing to be ashamed of absolutely mm-hmm. yeah 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 i know it was the worst the worst part that was a definitely a few years ago when um you know, when you have to wait at school gates and just that where all the parents are on top of you, basically. And that's basically mm. when it really hit the hardest, if you know what I mean. Because that was a single dad, the most embarrassing <laughs> thing to happen. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's probably... <laughs> on that, the milk at, at the fucking gates. <laughs> <laughs> me just passed out. Hey, can someone give me a kiss of life? Not you. Yeah. Not you. That's like... Finny over there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ashley, at least fucking pretend to be unconscious. Like, <laughs> she's got one eye open. Like, there's nothing fucking wrong with her. Oh my God, seriously, Miss Man, we, we she's got her tongue oh, stuck really out. Stuck you know this. who she's looking for. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's just a finger <laughs> pointing <laughs> him. <laughs> oh, 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 a few fingers. Like some Victorian era fucking handmaiden or something. Oh, I need to kiss life. Uh, <laughs> Tinder's just fucking draining me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so that was that was in regards to uh, the school. So that's when it like really kicked off there Mm. because it was five days a week. I knew how to work it. I knew that I needed a distraction. I knew Mm. it was all in your head. You build it up. Blah blah blah. Mm. Um. So um. Obviously. It was good when my son was with me when he was really young, when I was picking up my daughter, because obviously he was my distraction when he, he started going to school and it was me picking up the book with him. <sighs> Since it's Creek, like it was just, mm. okay, here we go. So every day was kind of a struggle. Um, but yeah, I, I persevere. I'm, I'm, like I say, now I know it's not the right and you probably wouldn't advise this. I just stay away from situations where I feel entrapped. It's probably not the right way to do it. But it's just like it's like you said. I'm not antisocial. It's, it's no, absolutely it's, not. It's not like it affects my life. It's it's second still. Mm. I just I, I just rearrange around it. So if I'm going somewhere, I stay next to a door. It makes me comfortable. I'm fine. I can enjoy mm. what I'm doing. So it doesn't stop me to a degree. Mm. But it makes me work with plan. It makes me plan ahead. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's anxiety because it's the what if, mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if, what if, and you and you prepare for yeah. all of those possible scenarios. If only there was mm-hmm. a podcast that had episode six anxiety, maybe there could be something yeah. to be learned there for for anyone that relates mm-hmm. to that. So we have we have an, a, an episode on on anxiety. And again, thank you for 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 being so open about yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's 100%. fine. It's going to it's going to help people and. I'm sure we'll be talking about it again in the future. You know, we definitely won't be talking about me bringing you to a fucking musical. Lesson learned. <laughs> I know, because if I fainted, half of the, the majority of them were gay, so no one's going to, no one good looking there was going to give me a kiss. Apart from yourself, I'll be like, this Alan, Alan, come here. <laughs> I'd be hoping the only fucking person you did want to kiss from was, was me. Uh, you know, for fuck's sake. Hang start... on, let me look around again. Oh, no, what, no, 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 no. <laughs> Ah, for Ari, Alan and do, I suppose. Okay. Suppose I was you, actually, you when, I, when I started with that, I was kind of going in my head. If I wasn't with you, Chicago, years ago, and then I was like, okay, we're, I've only done it once with you. So, yeah, we have to go. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep fucking digging, Ashlyn. Keep digging. <laughs> no, actually, that's how my mind went. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, that's, well, that's that's got me a little bit royal there. But um, do you have a, do you have a royal? No, actually, do you know what? I get my right out of the way because it's a, it's a heavy one. Uh, I'm not going to go into it in too much, but for anyone that has seen the the Jimmy Savile documentary on Netflix, fucking hell, it's a, it's a horrendous, horrendous viewing of what he got away with and how blatant he was. And uh, mm. he, he was basically telling people, and he had this he had this reoccurring joke that, oh yeah, such and such, uh, I was with such and such a young girl there, and da 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 da, da and I'm up in court on Thursday. And everyone's like, Jimmy. And it just cuts to all these, oh, yeah, and I'm up in court on Thursday. And I'm up in court on Thursday. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right. And everyone was laughing. Everyone was like, he's a little bit weird. Maybe he's gay. Maybe that's why he's never, maybe that's why he's never had had a partner or anything like that. No, he wasn't fucking gay. He wasn't even just a child molester because between his victims ranged in age from five to 75. So... Um, I think I was telling you about it and you were like, oh, no, I don't want to. And I think you had seen it on TikTok. Mm. Uh, there, there's clap. a video and it's in it's in the documentary mm. of he's presenting top of the pops. And at the same time, he is feeling up someone's arse, I assume, mm. or grabbing where else? Because 
she is he is on camera he is talking to camera grabbing her and she is kind of squirming kind of going what the fuck and he just keeps at it and and it goes on for maybe about 20 seconds him just groping her as he's mm. as he's looking into the camera and i was like jesus christ if, if that's what he's doing on camera what else has he been doing mm. so um it's a fascinating watch for anyone i can't say for anyone's interested but he's certainly a huge part of a lot of our childhood so for everyone else around the world, Jimmy Savile, look him up, uh, DJ, radio presenter, had many, many powerful friends, was friends with the royal family and Margaret Thatcher and stuff like that. Always a little bit odd in how he looked, but um, yeah, it's it's it certainly had me royal as I, as I watched that. So I wanted to get the big heavy one out of the way. I'm, I'm hoping you have something a little less um, deep. Just on regards to him, how did mm. he die? I know he, he died quite young, didn't he? Well, not you. No, he was fucking old. No, he was proper old. But how did he, he die? 70s, 70s or oh, 80s. Was he in the um, 70s, was I? I don't know why I thought yeah. 60s. No, oh, no. It's, 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 I, like well I said, it's, it's um, not somebody I would um, I want to watch. I don't want to watch the He was 84. No way. Yeah, yeah. 84. So it was natural causes then? Pneumonia. And did he die yeah. in prison? No, so none of this had come out. It had been rumoured for years. There was all these uh-huh. kind of allegations, but nothing happened. And it was only after he died that uh, the air stuff terrible. about him and this kind of thing. Like so, and obviously that opened up to everyone else, Rolf Harris and all of this at the BBC and what was covered up. So he completely the, got away with it. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is disgusting. That's terrible. Mm. Now, so did you say you had another Ryle or? No, that's 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 me, Ryle. Well, I'm, I'm hoping Ryle. you have something a little, <laughs> a little less than than. Um, uh, I was going I was trying to change right okay we are going with the same old it's the washing machine but I'll be getting it in three days <laughs> four days time sorry I'm losing the days how long have uh, you not had a had a washing machine Ashley well you couldn't make it up now Alan could you because the week <laughs> actually do you know what you could fucking make it up because you know what I watched earlier on Fantastic what? Beasts and you know what JK Rowling made that up and it's got fucking dragons and it's got wizards so you could make it up people have made up crazy me- shit over the years <laughs> That week got the we got COVID, so mm-hmm. you told the story last week anyway, uh, the, the the previous one anyway. If uh, so, we got COVID that morning. Mm-hmm. We figured it out. We got the positive. You came mm-hmm. here uh, that bench afternoon. On fire. <laughs> you that afternoon, my bench got on fire. The fence caught on fire. The tank neighbor's tank was on fire. Mm-hmm. The fire brigade came. Right, so we got that. All the ashes in my kitchen. I go to use the steam mop to clean everything up that's broke and the next day i go and wash clothes the washing machine's broke so um yeah Mm -hmm. um so yeah i had to order a washing machine and it's with three kids and myself so that's four people uh two weeks god forbid you use the fucking same towel more than once (laughs) because you are single fucking handedly on any given day murdering a fucking polar bear the dryer the dishwasher the washing machine (laughs) Every day, it's like you don't need you don't need heat in this house because the fucking heat generated off these electrical appliances <laughs> is just heating the entire estate and melting oh, the fucking polar ice caps. I don't want to have the shower the next day and, and use a damp towel. And I don't know. And you're going to say to me, "How is the towel even damp?" Because the floor is soaking after you. That's your <laughs> biggest complaint was me. <coughs> you're, you're like, you are a proper dad. Like this is where I'm like, like a oh, child. Do you, yeah, do you know, yeah, but do you know why? 
Because I, know, I walked into every... the fucking bathroom in my socks yeah. and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, and for yeah. anyone, that, you know, we, people will see you now. They will see photographs. They'll see videos. You're very skinny. <laughs> you're you're very slim. It's like, how the fuck does that much water come off? Like, <laughs> you're not watching a fucking hippopotamus in there. And I'm like, do you not understand the concept of a bath mat? You know, stand in the shower. You can kind of, you know, wipe off the excess water. Uh, get yeah, out, see, you, stand on the mat yeah. and use the towel. <laughs> But the fucking whole bathroom is destroyed. I'm like, what are you doing in there? Like, you be fucking headbanging, just swinging your hair with fucking water going everywhere. That's even if I don't wash my hair. Like, it's I don't know, I don't it's know. Unreal. Yeah. So that's that's the fucking problem here. Because I walk into the bathroom, and go, oh for fuck's sake, wet socks. I'm so annoyed. Oh, I'm fucking Listen. autistic. You get me riled up. <laughs> just use how do you not know how to use a towel? Oh, you've been saying that to for a year and a half now, and it's like, <laughs> will you just dry yourself before you get into bed? Will you just dry yourself? Yeah, because you like... just get into bed, and it's like, you've wrapped a towel around <laughs> you. You haven't used a fucking towel, because you get in, and it's like, get off, but you're fucking soaking. <laughs> I've got sensory issues. You know, this is the topic on autism. I was like, fucking, it feels horrible. Don't get off me, you're fucking soaking. That's so what every partner wants yourself. to hear. That's what every partner wants to hear when they get into bed. Is get off me! You feel horrible. Get off me! Get off me! You're soaking. <laughs> Not again. This is why. So this is why we broke up. Well, you are, well, you are in my presence, I suppose. So that that'll do it. <laughs> it was just the sweat. I was shitting myself. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> oh dear. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. So now we got the uh, washing machine anyway, not using the fucking towels twice. So you've had no washing know, machine for nearly two weeks, is it? Two weeks on Thursday. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is fucking happy anyway. The, the environment's no, been doing great. <laughs> it's not because my poor mother's been doing it for me. Like, God bless her. She has mm, um, woman taken Inus, over. Fucking champion. Yeah. You've washed one top for me. You do my whites. I have one white. <laughs> yeah, because you, because, yeah, you're like, I don't wash whites. It's like, I fucking know that. I don't, like, own well, I don't have enough whites. You'd have enough fucking whites if you didn't turn them into greys. <gasps> you did so they get well a separate at the wash. restaurant last night. You, remember, oh, sorry, you, you just reminded me. Idiot. <laughs> you spill everything. And you yeah, done for, the, so for the record, well. I'm, I'm very clumsy. I am very you clumsy. Are Again, maybe, maybe it's an artist thing. Very clumsy. I was like, oh, for fuck's mm-hmm. sake. I'm constantly dropping food on myself, spilling the drink or something like that, particularly up in your house mm-hmm. for some reason. Because stuff goes on the floor. So I'm sitting there last night. I've got a lovely cream blazer. Got my blue shirt on. I was like, I'm fucking loving this outfit. I was checking it out. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm liking that. I wouldn't normally I wouldn't normally wear a blue shirt. But I was like, yeah, that's working. And I'm sitting there and I've been very cautious. I had prawns up in the silken. I had prawns. And there was a lot of the oil, chili oil left. I was like, oh, do you want that? Oh, yeah, I'll have some of that in my salad. Great. I'll leave that there for you. Do you want to? Do you want to have a taste? Do you want to? Do you want to have a taste of that of that oil? Oh, I will yeah. You had like deep fried brie or something like that. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You go to put the fucking dip it in. It falls off the fucking fork, <laughs> splashes into all the oil, and splashes onto my shirt. I was like, I was doing so fucking good. I was being a fucking big boy, not making a mess of myself. But you do it for me, why don't you? <laughs> you did do so well and but it was your fault i would have never pinched i don't share food we i do don't. share food you do no, you share you share my food you share my food and then and then i offer sometimes oh yeah because but... i'm i'm sitting there loving a bit of your fucking chicken caesar salad i don't think so <laughs> oh no i'm gonna start ordering stuff like that because that's the shit you stay away from <laughs> <laughs> 
he couldn't even fucking finish it. <laughs> so not be fucking sitting there like Billy Big Ball. So you're looking at any my salad that I couldn't finish. <laughs> Do you want some of this hard bread, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> croutons. I think you mean croutons, Ashling. <laughs> this is why we can't go anywhere nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we can only stay over an hour and a half because they end up fucking kicking us out. <laughs> These <Yeah>. fucking idiots. <laughs> it's time for the grown-ups now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come you know, on, the pub Kid, closes, kids' hours yeah. over. Kids have to be out by yeah. seven. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're getting you're getting the washing machine this week, isn't? Yeah, we keep losing track. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The washing machines should be coming at a really good time. Actually, it is anywhere between the times of six and eight o'clock. So six a.m. and eight o'clock. Oh, at night. brilliant! Lovely. Yeah. Um, just Gobs so, uh, just so I lose the whole day. No one so, has a life. Just wait in the entire day. No. And uh, yeah, so hopefully, I'm hoping that they deliver it at some point because I'm going to your house and I'll not get to enjoy mm. my washing machine. So I'm looking yeah, but what, forward to What's going to happen? You're going to my house. Why? Oh, yeah, we're going to London. But then I'm going to have to go. loads of clothes to come back to wash. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to get to do it in your brand new washing machine. I know. Class. I That's wait. class. Something to look forward so to. Excited. It's like, oh, I know, I'm going I, to London. But I'm only going to London just so I can come back home to use my washing machine. I'm only going to London, baby, to get dirty. That's <laughs> London, baby. That's <laughs> London, come baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. so yeah, yeah. that's so, that's that's, that's taken to shine off my birthday fucking weekend in london anyway like oh i just want to get home to use me <laughs> use me new washing machine yeah i suppose <laughs> who else put up with us we don't inflict ourselves on on the rest of humanity it's like yeah you just stay together there just you know, leave the rest mm-hmm. of us alone, you fucking weirdos. We look sensible <laughs> until we open we do. our mouth. We do, yeah. <laughs> or your words. Us, like, your, oh, how, do you say your, how do you say mouth? How do you mouth. say mouth? Oh, you you, you mouth. don't use your, your th. <laughs> th. The th at the end. It's another syllable. Who's got time for that, Ashley? Mm. So with all of that being said, that's what you can expect on the Straight Talk of Mental Health podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should literally say, we need to say goodbye at least. You can't just cut it off to the interview. Do you not think it's very mm. blunt? It's up to you. Just cutting, just, hang on, just, just cutting off like that is very blunt, is it? Yeah. You do know I'm autistic, yeah? But it's just One like, One of the things is being blunt and being rude. And, you know, with me being autistic, what better way to hand off than the, to the interview about autism? No, do you not go... Th- well, oh, that was a perfect fucking segue. What's that? I just set it up. I was like, I'm blunt because I'm autistic. And speaking of autism, let's hand off to the interview. About autism. Oh. Jesus All right, Christ. Sorry, Come back, Peter. Talking. All's forgiven. Jesus. <laughs> so this month on the Straight Talking Mental Health podcast as our topic, it is a very relevant topic that we have this month because April is Autism Awareness Month for all the regular listeners to the podcast. You will know through the podcast and at the time of the podcast, I myself was diagnosed with ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder, last year, aka what would used to be called Asperger's, and we can we can touch on that a little bit of why we don't call it that anymore, etc. But I am absolutely delighted to be joined on the podcast because, and I say delighted because one of the most helpful pages I, I have found on Facebook has been Awakened Neurodivergence. And Awakened Neurodivergence is run by Kella, who we are delighted to have us 
joining us on the podcast tonight. Kella, how are you doing? Thanks, I really appreciate that. Good, how are you? very good, thank you. Um, Kella, before we get started, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, where in the world you are and all of that kind of jazz. Yeah, so I am in Missouri in the United States, um, which is kind of in, in the Midwestern United States, for those who don't know. Um, I, like you said, run Awaken Neurodivergence. So I create content, I do individualized support for neurodivergent individuals and their families. Um, I do training on neurodiversity and uh, corporate consultations. How did, how did you get started with that, Callum? Um, really, I, I was initially diagnosed officially around age 20, and I found a hard time, I had a hard time finding resources that really resonated with me. And I, I started posting things that I would find that I thought were relevant on my own personal social media page. And it got to the point where I felt like I was posting so often that um, I might've been like annoying people <laughs> with how often I was posting about it. So I kind of just decided to shift it to um, its own platform. Mm. So you were diagnosed but I presume prior to diagnosis, you had your suspicions. Mm. I did, yeah. So I, I struggled throughout childhood. Um, my parents, when they initially took me to a pediatrician when I was younger, the pediatrician said something to the effect of, oh, she's just shy and she has an overactive mind and like kind of left it at that. Um, and then, you know, my struggles became more and more apparent as I got older and then they became really apparent when I became um, a mom at, at age 20. So I, I had a really hard time juggling all those responsibilities. And it was basically like, well, something's got to give. Mm. What, what, did, uh, what did you look like pre-formal diagnosis? What sort of characteristics were seen? Or um, what, what, how did these suspicions come about? What, what as, a, as a neurodivergent child, did you look like? I was, you know, that characteristic kind of shy mm. kid. I kind of just stuck in the background. I was more like the teacher's pet. I wanted to get things perfect mm -hmm. all the time. I had a lot of sensory challenges, if you will, especially related to like what I would wear, things I would eat, which from, you know, the outside looking in back in those days looked like I was just picky. Mm. It, it just became more and more apparent. And then when I really reached... Uh, adolescence, it kind of snowballed with a lot of mounting anxiety and depression and those sorts of things. And it just, it just kept building and building until I needed some outside support. Mm. The page, as I said, is called Awakened Neurodivergence. Uh, pod the podcast that, that we have, Kella, is very much a podcast aimed around mental health, typically for people who don't talk about mental health. And we're always trying to enlighten people with any of the, any of the topics that we cover. Could you just tell us what neurodivergence is versus what people would call, in quotation marks, normal? So neurodiversity is basically um, a variant of, of the, the neurotype. So it covers things like autism, ADHD, OCD, bipolar, um, and it can be uh, a genetic variation like like autism, or it can be an acquired sort of um, variation in a neurotype. So as we call, again, quotation marks, normal, 
um, that is typically considered neurotypical. And for any of us on the spectrum or OCD or ADHD, rather, we are neurodivergent. Brain, brain's just a just a little bit different. Yep. Yeah. Um, you on your on your page, Kelly, you've you have also made reference to OCD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you could you tell us a little bit about about your experience of that? One that we have we have touched on this many times in the on the podcast in the past, and I think you are probably along the same lines as myself in terms of in when I work with with clients. I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist. When I work with clients who have have actual OCD. It's very different from people who say, oh, I like my house clean, so I'm OCD. It's, right. a, it's a very different experience having actual OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, to liking your house clean. Yeah, I mean, when you actually experience OCD, it's not something pleasant. It's not something you, you choose to have or um, it's, it's not just wanting things to be neat and orderly. It's like a have to, not a mm-hmm. want. Um, so I originally started showing signs of OCD when I was around five or six or so. Um, And it initially manifested in me compulsively washing my hands um, to the point where they would, they would actually bleed. Um, And it centered a lot around cleanliness and counting and those sorts of things. And it's kind of waxed and waned Mm. throughout my life. Um, When, when I get, you know, when I go through periods of mm. stress, especially, it will rise up more. Um, but yeah. And as we as we moved into lockdown, I mean, I, I had a had a young client a couple of years ago. I think he was probably only about thirteen or fourteen, and he was in for OCD and particularly uh, the hand washing. And when I shook his hand when he walked in the door. It felt like shaking the hand of a sixty-year-old man who had worked on the buildings his entire life. I had seen him a couple of years ago, but but I had wondered at the start of lockdown what he was like, if it had increased or anything like that. Did you have any change as we as we moved into lockdown and COVID times? Or oh yeah, the past couple of years have been uh, pure mm. hell um, for someone, and and not everyone with OCD will experience um, you know obsessions or compulsions related to Mm, cleanliness mm. um, or germs or those sorts of things. But for me, that is, that is a big one. And so the past couple of years have been really difficult. Um, On one hand, it's been good because I've been able to, you know, not necessarily venture (laughs) out into the world as much, but on the other hand, um, you know, it's, we've been impacted by a a germ, so Mm. to speak on a very large scale. And so it feels very threatening to me. Mm. Yeah, lockdown and not having to leave suited a lot of people that perhaps are on the spectrum who who struggle with yeah. uh, social scenarios. W- with that being said, Kella, could you, could you maybe give us a, a kind of an overview of perhaps some of the, some of the most common characteristics of autism? It's typically a social and sensory kind of experience but can you can you explain it perhaps yeah. a little bit for for our listeners that that don't know what it's like? Yeah, and I think it really it it really depends on the person. Mm. Um, some autistic people do experience more more social struggles, and some of us experience more in relation to sensory needs. Um, but it really impacts uh, ability to kind of have that back and forth uh, social interaction in the same way that neurotypicals might. Um, for instance, small talk is a big 
thing that can be difficult for a lot of autistic mm. people. Um, and yeah, just having that sort of back and back, back and forth, you know, interaction and nonverbal interactions, um, it can be difficult for a lot of autistic people to, to read nonverbal cues or to even, you know, get in touch with our own emotions. Um, sometimes we might not necessarily know what we're feeling in order to, to express those things. Um, and a lot of autistic people also engage in stimming. Mm. So that could be for a variety of reasons. It could be for self-soothing. It could be, um, you know, to demonstrate that we don't necessarily like what's going on. We might be stressed. Um, it could be when we're happy, those sorts of things. Um, a lot of autistic people also, we, we like to hyperfixate on things. Um, we can hyperfocus for, you know, a good period of time on what is commonly referred to as special interests. Mm -hmm. So things that we are really interested in. Um, so yeah. Any of those <laughs> relatable for me, Ashling? And any, any of those things that you would? Yeah, definitely the, the hyper-focus. Um, mm. I mentioned, you know, um, yeah, definitely the hyper-focus now. Uh, sm uh, small talk, too. Yeah, actually, I remember we, we'd been dating a while and you were talking about kind of stuff like, oh, well, what's my favorite color and stuff like this? And I was like, that, that sort of stuff just doesn't interest me at all. Mm. But tell me, tell me the deepest depths of your soul and I'll, and I'll happy, happily have those conversations until until the sun comes up but yeah small talk uh, for myself can be can be a struggle as it is for for most uh, people with autism you mentioned uh, stimming Derek could you could you explain what that is for people yeah so stimming is essentially I, I don't know if I'm going to describe it well describe um, it in your words that's, that's all we care about movement. it's essentially a repetitive um, like movement or noise making those sorts mm. of things so like uh, rocking hand flapping um echolalia could mm. be could be in there um those sorts of things yeah so that that, that can be anything from um that I, I suppose the hand flapping hand clapping is the sort of stereotypical one for i suppose just just kind of explain for people who would have touched on it in the past but uh, so when we talk about autism we talk about asd so that's that's the typical diagnosis now of autism spectrum disorder and that, in its classification, there's kind of level one to, to level three. And, and I know, I typically know on the page as well, Gilla, that, that that can be a kind of bone of contention for people around um, around the classification. So level one is typically, you know, very low support is needed up to your level three, which is your kind of, I suppose, what people imagine autism to be is can be the hand clapping, it can be banging heads off walls. So typically high support is needed. Um, I think one of the best descriptions I've seen around around the levels is for to be around someone that is level three is very stressful. For someone that is level one, it's very stressful for the person with autism. A lot of people outside of the person may not even be aware of it. But internally, it's it's an entirely it's an entirely different experience. So I think the the common misconception for people around autism is it's you know perhaps nonverbal or you know, as I said banging heads off walls or hand hand flapping kind of like the flippers I suppose is what what people think of when they when they think of them. But but the smaller stimming can be it can be rubbing the tips of your fingers, it can be leg shaking, it can be 
continuously rubbing the back of your head. I think a very common one for people would be playing with your hair or fidgeting with something. Is that right, Kella? Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's definitely right. And yeah, and you mentioned uh, playing with your hair. Mm. Like that is the biggest one for me is like twirling my mm. hair. Um, I think smiling. So, yeah. <laughs> my son even joked um, a couple months ago because I will sit there and I'll even I'll even play with his mm. hair and he, he doesn't like that. Um <laughs> But I do it so absentmindedly because it's just like an innate part of my yeah, being, right? Yeah. I just stem and that's one of my stems. And he joked that he was just going to buy me a wig for my birthday. <laughs> so I could just carry it around and twirl it mm. instead. Ashley, you're nodding. Why are you nodding? I'm exactly the same. Like I'm always, you know, I'm always twirling. And I have a pattern of it to do it too. So I have a way, of the way that I like it. And when you mentioned you do it to your son, I, I do it to Delilah's hair too. I, I, I mess about when I play with her hair too. So, yeah. yeah. So tip, typically it's a sort of self-soothing behavior. You don't realize that you don't, you yeah. don't realize you do yeah. it, to be honest yeah. with you. I don't know if I have any, do I? Uh, not, maybe not that I'm aware no. of. Sometimes I, sometimes I rub my fingers. Sometimes I rub my, my fingertips, but... Um, I feel like everybody stems mm. neurodivergent or Absolutely, not. It's yeah. just like to yeah. the degree. Yeah, it's like it's it's the intent behind mm. it, I think, whether you need it mm. or whether it's just there. Mm. You know what I mean? I think it's also, is it all, I thought it was in America or in the UK. It's also called stemming as well. I've seen it. I've seen it referred to it. But typically mm-hmm. stemming as in self, self-stimulating um, yeah. behavior. So I think yeah, that's that's one of the one of the most common things that that is associated with it, and um, I suppose what also goes along with that can be masking around stimming. So mm-hmm. some of the bigger perhaps uh, gestures can get decreased or, or minimized to something smaller because typically the the neurodivergent person is very aware that doing it brings attention to themselves and they, they can try to in, in an attempt to still self-stimulate to, to make that gesture even even smaller yeah and i actually didn't realize i twirled my hair as much now that you mentioned that um until about a decade ago maybe a little less than that i had a job and i was actually working to support autistic children Uh, in the classroom. And one of the teachers that I was working with mentioned it, mentioned how much I twirl my hair. And then I did, I became really self-conscious about it because it wasn't something that I had previously thought about a whole lot, but I became self-conscious about it. And it was just another thing that went into, to my masking. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you explain a little bit what, what masking is again for, for our listeners? Yeah. So essentially masking is, um, how do I want to describe it? Basically, well, putting on a mask or putting on a front different from what your internal experience is. Yeah. So if you have a certain behavior, you're going to consciously, that might be neuro, not neurotypical, um, you're going to consciously try to hide that when you're around certain groups of people, for instance, at work, at school, so that you're not seen as different basically mm. and that that can be anything from you know perhaps feeling very uncomfortable or perhaps feeling very shy to maybe overcompensating for that of not wanting people to notice and uh, typically putting on the social mask you know trying to fit in trying to make all the small talk and the absolute mental effort and energy that is required for that can typically i, I know for me 
there's a bit of a, a social hangover. Uh, do you get any of those, Galloway, if you've been particularly social for a day or a few days that you, you kind of crash a little bit? Or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It can it can take a while to bounce back from those things. And, you know, over time, if you continue to mask and mask, mm. it can really just lead to burnout. Mm. And that can be even more difficult to recover from. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going through I'm going through a list of, I suppose, some of the most common characteristics. Uh, how, how are you on the on the eye contact side of things, Kevin? Um, You know what? I am really good at speaking of masking. I'm really good at faking mm. it. Um, you know, I, I feel like if someone were if a neurotypical were to have a conversation with me, they wouldn't be able to tell I'm autistic based on my eye contact. Um, I'm really good at, you know, picking a point like in between the eyes and looking there, you know, like the bridge of the nose Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So it, it seems like I'm making eye contact or periodically looking away, but it can be difficult to maintain eye contact or even fake maintaining eye contact and still listen to the other person. Um, it's a lot easier for me to look away even when I'm talking mm. to remember what I'm yeah. saying. Like even now, <laughs> we're we're on a podcast, yeah. right? I'm looking away. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's just a natural inclination mm. for me. And as as I look at the screen, I'm looking at a blank screen because you don't have a camera on, so it's it's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the <laughs> blank space where where you are technically. <laughs> Um, yeah, I suppose to, to, to go along with that, and what we're, what we're here to do as well is we're here to clear up a lot of the of the common misconceptions around autism. And I think one of the one of the best things I heard after I was diagnosed was if you've if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. It is a it is a yeah. spectrum, and I think people don't understand that. Of you know, you can have great social skills, and you know. Mm-hmm vary in other areas so it's it's not straight across the board other other people can be can be great with eye contact one of the when i began to have my suspicions again and i and i was guilty of this because for me i first became aware of asperger's and autism when i was when i was doing my degree and, I, and i'll never forget in the in the classroom they had the they had the powerpoint up and they were going through the common characteristics of asperger's and i and i said in the class that's fucking me that's me and they're like nah nah so you'll, you'll always find something in, in everything you're looking for and and it always stayed with me and you know the things you typically learn is a lack of empathy you know uh, difficulty developing and maintaining friendships poor social skills stuff like that and poor eye contact i'm a psychotherapist so i thought well if i didn't have empathy i'd be pretty shit at my job i get i, right. I get sarcasm and mm-hmm. i'm very good with eye contact or so i thought now, when I became more aware of it, what I started to realize was when I am talking to someone or when someone is talking to me, I'm all about the contact, eye contact. I'm focused in, I'm, I'm, I'm taking in as much of their experience as I can. I'm watching every kind of gesture that I can. But when I'm talking, exactly like you said, and, and how I describe it is I go around the clock. So I, I'm looking everywhere, <laughs> all around in a circle, trying to, trying to not make eye contact this was if this was something that i became aware of but ashling could have told me that a long time ago <laughs> what did you first notice ashling and when did you first I, notice I it i did tell you a long time ago mm-hmm. um no i was i would never wanted to be rude or anything but on on the first date and everything like that um i've always referenced it that uh i noticed you you weren't good at eye contact it's not something mm-hmm. i was going to say it didn't bother mm-hmm. me obviously <laughs> It didn't make a, a difference in 
and how we went forward. But yeah, it was it was very obvious. Yeah, you're very bad with your eye contact now. I, I put it down to um, maybe nerves on your end. Mm. But that was something I wasn't even aware of. Yeah. It was only when you said it to me, I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. And then time. your aversion to um, I've never met an adult that's that's the crunch. We were talking about it today, like. Any food that's crunchy, and you never knew this, any food that's crunchy, mm-hmm. I, I figured that that's the food you, you cannot eat. So it's... So um, that that's in reference to the to the sensory issues. So for yeah. me, food textures. Uh, Kella, do you do you experience any of that on the on the kind of food texture side and on a, from a sensory point of view? Uh, yes, to a degree. More so when I was younger. I had a very limited um, amount of foods mm. that I would eat, but... It has gotten, I, I've kind of branched out and been able to navigate those sensory challenges a little bit better as I've gotten older. Mm. So so typically the, the, the neurodiverse child will typically have a very bland palate, say, eating the same foods. Um, I actually had a, had a, I finished up with a young client during the week and I had to bring the mother in for the parental review and I was like, he is in all likelihood autistic. And, and I was asking questions around, you know, is there any food sensory things? He goes, oh, Jesus, he said, he's, you know, it's plain crackers. It's uh, his latest thing is he, he wants hot dogs, but just plain, you know, no sauce, anything like that. Yeah. I'd be particularly um, averse to a lot of sauces and gravies and stuff, which Ashton can't comprehend because she basically, her food <laughs> floats <laughs> in the gravy on her plate having grown up in Yorkshire. But what, what I actually made me aware of was the foods that I don't like. So, you know, I wouldn't eat like cucumbers, iceberg lettuce, um, mayonnaise makes me wretch, that kind of texture of food. And it was, it was actually, I was like, you don't like to crunch. It's, it's foods that are, that are crunchy like that. Um, that's, I was like, actually shit. Yeah, you're right. So again, you you Ashing had seen more of more of this my autism. It was actually before you were diagnosed with autism. It was, yeah. But it wasn't yeah. even an option at that time. We just were like, you just don't like the crunch. So we didn't, you know, I'd noticed that before even taking that into consideration, these little things. Yeah, you but you got me eating avocado. <laughs> so that's soft, you see, and the textures and you like you would have the same breakfast every morning, which is egg, and I said to you, the avocado's mm. quite egg eggy so um, yeah yeah we got there you got one vegetable or (laughs) (laughs) Ashling raises a very interesting point there around repetition so in that sense I used to have the same breakfast every single morning it was a boiled egg two slices of um, whole wheat bread toasted cut into three slices to make soldiers which were dipped into my egg (laughs) <laughs> that was my that would have been my breakfast every morning now i have switched to avocado on whole grain toast with salt on it and that's that's my breakfast <laughs> but rep- repetition is a very common um characteristic of, of autism is that right it is yeah and especially what you were talking about with the food mm. um autistic people have what we commonly refer to as same foods mm. which are those you know other people might view as comfort foods but it's a little bit different for us because they're really the foods that we can tolerate and that we we eat over and over and over um, without hesitation or, you know, without necessarily needing to try as in the same way that we would with foods that we don't necessarily gravitate towards. Mm. 
Um, but those foods might seem weird to some people or to, to neurotypicals. Um, and we might eat them for, you know, months or years on end and then suddenly switch to something else. Um, so, yeah. I think, I think for a lot of parents that can be uh, a very stressful situation for them with mm-hmm. you know trying to feed a child and trying to get them to to eat food and you know it's good to eat your vegetables and you need to eat fruit and stuff like that i remember seeing a, um, right. a, a great post before it may, it may have been on your own page of i think it actually might have been actually quite recently of i think it was something like a strawberry or it was a bit of fruit and i was like sometimes it's bitter sometimes it's sweet sometimes it's chewy sometimes it's crunchy and then there's like a cracker. It's like yeah. same, 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 same. A cracker is always a cracker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's always going to be the same texture. It's always I, going to taste the same. Yeah, I think the the pandemic actually threw a big wrench in that for a lot of autistic people because, you know, I, I don't know about there, but here grocery stores were only allowing us to buy you know certain amounts of of food and things. Mm-hmm. And if an autistic person had a same food and the grocery store would only allow them to buy two of that food, it could get, you know, quite demanding, especially if they were to have to go into the grocery store each time to get it. Or like you said, a parent, Um, but especially for an autistic person, Mm. the grocery store is not necessarily our friend to begin with. So if, if we might have to go there more often to get that same food, then that could be quite difficult yeah i mean i i know myself when i think back uh, a lot of food times could have been very distressful for me of being forced uh to eat certain mm-hmm. foods which would um and i suppose it was probably perceived as my uh, from my parents as i was just being awkward um but uh, a lot of that could was very traumatic for me at times uh, forced to eat food that would literally make me wretch i still have um actually even the thought of it uh, asking do you know white sauce did, did, did you have white sauce growing up is, is it basically just like milk and flour or something like that mixed into a gravy or like a parsley sauce or yeah. no that that was something in our house and jesus christ the thought of it is is, is, is horrendous it sounds awful yeah. it is yeah i can assure you it sounds just like gravy to me i mean like white gravy. yeah right? basically yeah pretty much yeah. yeah yeah but it was thick and gelatinous and it was just uh, but, but I remember that but I know for a lot of parenting it can be very stressful um, I remember in a, in a particular I think it was in a particular Facebook group some guy who was autistic was writing a book and, and he was looking for feedback and the cover of his book was a chicken nugget um, and, I, and I got it straight away and I think most people get it straight away it's like that plain food you know the, the chicken nugget or you know no sauce no nothing just quite very bland um, bland foods can be can be quite characteristic. One of the things uh, I did want to touch on is Asperger's and 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 that term. Could could you speak to that a little bit mm-hmm. of why we don't, why some people do, but I suppose the the difference in in the terms now, how why we just have ASD. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Do you all use the DSM? There is basically that your yeah, diagnostic? yeah that's, that's typically the one. Okay. Yeah. So the DSM-5, which is the current uh, DSM, they did away with Asperger's Mm. as a diagnosis, and they just now have ASD levels. So they have level 1, 2, and 3. But basically, uh, people, autistic people, a lot of autistic people don't like to use the levels or the Asperger's because they're viewed as functioning Mm. labels. 
um, kind of in in the same sort of realm as low functioning or high functioning. Um, and the reason functioning labels are problematic is because functioning isn't really linear. It's fluid. Um, so none of those labels really provide you with meaning and full information about a person, about their needs, their strengths. Um, I think in theory, those functioning labels are supposed to provide information on how autistic people might function within society, Mm -hmm. but really functioning is a lot more complex than that. Um, It's really kind of arbitrary because what one person might see as functioning, another might view differently. Um, And and it just depends kind of on the day and whether, you know, someone's gotten sleep uh, how, how they're feeling on, on what their quote unquote functioning might be. Um, so it's really more beneficial to talk about someone's strengths and struggles, and that can kind of give you a greater sense of who they are as a person rather than a label like Asperger's or the levels Mm -hmm. or, you know, high functioning, low functioning, those sorts of things. I've seen the high functioning and low functioning, um, called low support and high support is is a common way Mm -hmm. of rephrasing that. One of yeah. So then you're talking about support needs. Instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other reasons why they've tried to do away with Asperger is because it was named after Hans Asperger, who was who was an Austrian, and during World War Two, it's now believed that he was somewhat of a of a of a Nazi supporter. Is that right? Could, can you speak on that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's believed now that he uh, was a Nazi sympathizer. Mm-hmm. I don't know a ton about his his story mm-hmm. um but but yeah that's where that kind of people have started to shy away from using the term asperger's and some people do still mm-hmm. use the term because that's the diagnosis that they were mm-hmm. given and that's the diagnosis that they've used for a long time to describe themselves and i think when anybody forms an identity around something it can be hard to break free of yeah yeah to the best of my knowledge he would kind of knowingly send autistic children to to nazi hospitals kind of under the the understanding that well they're not coming back so whether they were experimented on or something like that other people have come out and said well he had no choice he was in austria they were under the rule of the nazis um so it is a pretty big bone of contention within uh, the autism community of using that term or not, or not using that term. Um, but I think for a lot, yeah. I mean, I know for, for example, when my youngest son, after I was diagnosed, uh, I remember having the conversation with you, asking, you know, should I tell James's mom? And you were like, well, you know, you should, you should give her, you should give her the information. And he will let her know. I had to make a phone call. So straight away, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> Cause I, I hate talking on the phone. So that's already gone. All right. Right. I need to ring. This, a text message probably isn't going to isn't going to cut this but i said look just to let you know you know in case of school never notice anything or like you know i was diagnosed with, with autism and she was like oh i don't fucking believe in all them labels and all that kind of stuff and she was she was quite quite dismissive of it um and at the end of the conversation i was like well look just look if the school ask anything you know it's probably what they would have called asperger she was like oh asperger oh yeah totally like you know socially awkward oh yeah you definitely so even in that you know, there's a bit of the understanding around Asperger's that you can be perhaps a little bit quirky or a little bit odd, whereas the association with the with the term of autism is is different for for the lay person. Yeah, yeah, it's different for neurotypicals to understand um, for sure, because you know they've been conditioned to think that you know 
for so long that Asperger's was mm-hmm. one thing and autism was another thing. And it's, you know, we're all autistic. Um, but it has, even within the autistic community, like you said, been a very divisive mm-hmm. thing. And it has kind of created this sense of othering within the community. You know, people will say things like, well, they're that kind of autistic and I'm this kind of autistic. But really, we just we all navigate life in different ways. We all have different strengths and different barriers, but we're all autistic. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the biggest bones of contention around we're all autistic is everyone saying we're all a little bit autistic. Well, that, yeah. Mm. So I don't mean we're all as in like the broader population, (laughs) but all autistic people are autistic. Um, Because, yeah, you can't be a little bit autistic. That's like saying, you know, you're a little bit, I don't know, Mm. pregnant. Mm. Like You either are or you're not, you know. Um, yeah, I think, but we do, I think one of the, one of the best descriptions I've seen around that was, especially, uh, particularly around, um, pregnant. It was like, you know, you can have swollen feet, you can have a sore back, but it doesn't mean you're pregnant. Right. Yeah. You, you've yeah. got some of the symptoms that are associated with, with pregnancy. Yeah. You but you're might, pregnant or you you're know, not. not like small talk or you might, uh, have certain sensory you know, needs like be hyposensitive or hypersensitive to something, mm. but you don't have the full package, so to speak. Mm. Mm. Did, did you say you worked in a school or you worked you worked with kids, Kelly? Is that right? I have, yeah. yeah. So I've worked in a couple of different schools as a paraprofessional, a teacher's aide. I don't know what they call it there. Um, maybe maybe here it'd probably be an SNA, a special needs assistant. Um, perhaps might be might be the might be the the. Yeah. the the thing can you speak to any of the um kind of because obviously people will be asking this and they'll be wondering if they're autistic or perhaps identifying some of the characteristics in someone they know but for any of our for any of our parents that listen you know could you speak to anything on some of the common some of the common characteristics that you might see in, in a young child or, or what they look out for um i think like i said you know it looks different from person mm-hmm. to person mm-hmm. so it could be you know that kid who is shy but is very much like a people pleaser Mm. um wants to get things just right it could be the kid who is uh you know struggling on the playground to make friends or um it it just kind of varies especially in kids i feel like um who haven't quite developed you know coping mechanisms so to speak or what you might call masking masking down yet (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it just kind of varies, um, mm. but yeah. Yeah. So some of the some of the common things that look they, they would look for in children would be perhaps a late development of speech, uh, an unusual perhaps speech pattern or tone of voice, the, the eye contact. Um, they may be happier on their own. They may be happy to play on their own rather than um, wanting to play with other kids, and that again can be a frustration for parents who want their kid to have lots of friends, whereas uh, the, the autistic child could be, can be quite happy on their own, in, in their own little world. Uh, repetitive speech yeah. uh, and behavior patterns, again, stimming or whatever like that. They may not like affection, being touched or anything like that. Have a have a special interest. Did you have a special interest or, or do you have one currently, Kella? Um, I do have one currently. Um, well, I've had art as a special interest for a long time, but in the past several years, it has actually been death and grief work. Right. Um, so I'm actually <laughs> also a death doula. 
Yeah, so I'm actually a death doula, um, and and that has been definitely a special interest over the last several years. Well, what is that, Kelly? Not something I'm familiar with. So, do you all have birth doulas there? No, no. No, that's not no. a thing? Okay. No, so really a birth doula helps women who are laboring to give birth, um, helps them through that process. And so a death doula is kind of the flip side of that. So helping people through navigating end-of-life issues and the end-of-life processes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Great. Uh, very, very difficult work, I would imagine, but, but uh, meaningful as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm. You, meant, you mentioned at the start... Uh, Kella, that's uh, your husband. So I know Ashley will be going mm-hmm. to be particularly interested in this topic of the dis- of the of the discussion. Uh, what does what does autism look like in in your relationship? Have you found a you know a groove in it? Does it does it cause issues, or have you found difficulties in in relationships in the past? Um, I have had difficulties in relationships in the past, but in my in my current in my marriage. Um, it does cause some tension from from time to time just because we have different, you know, needs and preferences and those sorts of things. Um, my husband is more on the ADHD side of things, actually, in terms of being neurodivergent. Actually <laughs> <And> smiling. <laughs> I, I think I um, maybe have certain particularities. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Um that might drive him a little nuts from time to time. Such as? Such as just like wanting things to be a certain way or um, like he found out early on when we were dating that if he like touches my arm or something, it's got to be like a hard touch and not a soft Mm. touch because that just makes me cringe. (laughs) It feels like needles when someone touches me softly. Mm. Um. Let's see. You all were talking about eye contact mm. earlier. I think it took me and I didn't even like you all were talking about. I didn't even realize I really wasn't making solid eye contact with him until like, I don't know, six months, a year into us dating. Uh-huh. And he was like, you're finally looking at me in the eyes mm. when we're talking. Mm. And I'm like, what do you what do you mean? Haven't I been? <laughs> I didn't even realize that I hadn't been doing that. So um, just kind of little things like that. Mm. Actually, any, any of those I'm guilty of? Or... The touching. The touching, yeah, I don't, I don't like particularly light touch. Yeah, um, yeah it doesn't feel no. pleasant. <laughs> Whereas you're the opposite. You're like, oh, just you know, rub, my, rub my forearm, rub, rub my wrist. Like, <laughs> and you love that, like. Yeah. But yeah, definitely the touching for you. You don't like that, um, like any kind of stroking or anything like that or tickling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, off the cards. Yeah, one of the one of the things I wanted to touch on because I know it's it's definitely an issue in our relationship is, and I think you had you had some very good posts up around it, Gala. Is repetition, re- mm-hmm. repeating what we say in. Um, yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, so autistic people, we do tend to repeat what we say a lot. Um, we we tend to need that sort of clarification around what we're saying, what's being said by others as kind of a reassurance. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Mm. Uh, for me, it's definitely like, do you get me? Am I, am I being 
understood and we explained to myself properly because I would typically have yeah. difficulty in that when, when we're having discussions, I think, Ash, wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, 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 that is probably would be the, the biggest thing for us. Because <laughs> it drives um, you fucking mental. <laughs> because it's just the one, it's the one thing that everybody has something that annoys yeah. them in, in a relationship and I suppose for me it'd be more like right, so we dealt with this let's move on and then five seconds later it's it's history repeats itself <laughs> um mm. so you're always you're always what's the, what they say you, you're never progressing or move you know you're never getting away from that situation or a problem because it's always going back to it and it's the the circle you know it's you're going around in circles mm. so mm. yeah but i know it's, it's, it can't be helped you know we've discussed it i, I do see that you and maybe we haven't had problems recently but we, we've you definitely i've not seen it recently in, in a while anyway so yeah definitely try to be try to be more more yeah, conscious yeah. of it um, yeah, anyway so. but yeah definitely you know like and like and i suppose one of the other other um characteristics of autism would be uh, taking everything quite literally, uh, etc. Kelly, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's common for a lot of autistic mm. people. Not necessarily every autistic yeah, person, yeah. Um, but it is definitely common for us to take things literally or to, you know, not necessarily read between the lines, so to speak. Mm. <laughs> I've said that one, Dash. I was like, I was like, you just have to tell me. You know, I was like, it's like yeah, just like, tell me. You have to just flat like, out tell me, yeah. and I'll get it. <laughs> A big thing is, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say because we we don't, you know, play games, mm. so to speak. Mm. We need to know what's going mm-hmm. on. So, well, I actually think I think that's actually a great part of our relationship because you're very much the I same. Think I was just listening. You, you, you're painfully about. honest, and uh, we constantly <laughs> joke. It's like there's definitely one of us in this relationship that's autistic. <laughs> It's like no, no, when not to be honest, no, when not to say, when not to say something. So that's 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 a very. You used to think you used to say that I was blunt, and and it's like no, Mm. I think you've understood now that I'm just probably painfully honest. Yeah, but that's that's a Northern (laughs) Ireland thing as well. That's you know that that is a characteristic uh, up up there as well. But it 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 can be difficult, and and I think uh, you know we would have. I know we would have perhaps had conversations, but hundred percent, I could say in, in other relationships where there was arguments where I would be like, "But that's not what you said." I was like, "But that's not what I meant." <laughs> but, but that's not what you said. But I didn't mean it that way. I was like, "Well, if you didn't mean it that way, why would you say it that way?" And this would have been arguments in the past. But now I know. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> that's what that was. Well, and I think you know a lot of autistic people are we're so direct with our communication, and we do value that mm. honesty. So we value it from other mm. people. We expect other people to be honest. And when they're not, you know, it can take a good bit of time to regain that trust, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we definitely, we've nailed that bit anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we are both very honest, very honest <laughs> people. Honest. And, but every, everyone, everyone knows where to stand. So it's, 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 not too, it's not too bad. Can you speak a little bit on meltdowns and, and shutdowns, um, Kella, and just explain a little bit of what that looks like during a, uh, I think people probably, the, the, the one most people are familiar with is perhaps an autistic meltdown where some kid is in a, is in a shop and is maybe, maybe right. losing their mind because 
there's too much noise or it's too bright or, or something like that. I think that's a that's a common one perhaps that people may may witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think first off, I think it's important to make the distinction. A lot of people um, think that a meltdown and a tantrum are the same mm-hmm. thing, and they're not. Um, uh, you know, a tantrum is usually a display for attention, whereas a meltdown is something that can't really be helped. But um, autistic people experience shutdowns and meltdowns. It just kind of happens. Um, Sometimes they become less common with age. Sometimes we go from experiencing more or uh, to less or just shutdowns or, you know, vice versa. Um, But really, they can be a result of sensory overload, but sometimes they can be a result of change in schedule, plans, routine, uh, you know, being mentally or physically exhausted, trying to be socially engaged for too long. Um, if someone is, you know, hungry, sick, in pain, that sort of thing, they might be more vulnerable to sensory overload. Mm-hmm. And basically, those things can all lower our ability to cope. And we don't necessarily have the energy left to stave off a shutdown or a meltdown. So really, a shutdown is kind of an internalized meltdown. It's kind of like, hibernating Mm -hmm. um where where the brain just kind of shuts down and and we can't necessarily do anything um and then a meltdown is kind of an externalized uh reaction i guess to the overload or whatever it is that we're feeling um so really you know throughout the day the autistic brain is trying to Uh, is basically making all these connections and assessing possible outcomes for everything and analyzing this and that and everything else and all the sensory input that's coming in. And this conscious effort can really take its toll and can easily push us into shutdown or meltdown. Um, But for me, when I'm heading towards a shutdown, I feel very disoriented and imbalanced. I can't really think. I feel like I'm lost kind of in space. It feels really surreal, kind of like I'm not quite there. Mm. And it just feels like I'm, you know, pushing my brain through quicksand. (laughs) Um, But it's not, it's not the result of feeling like sad or depressed. It's because my brain has kind of exhausted all other options. But for a meltdown, it's, you know, more physical, um, People, autistic people can lash out, you know, verbally, physically, um, throw objects, that sort of thing. We might run away, engage in self-injury. We might stem. Um, eye contact tends to kind of go out the window, those sorts of things. Mm. Yeah, I suppose from a, a neurobiological point of view, it's fight or flight versus yeah. freeze and faint slash flop. And that's yeah. mobilization versus immobilization. So one is the fight or flight, which is the mobilization is that's calorie burning. <laughs> so as you say, you're, you're running away or you're lashing out. It's, it's, it's using energy. And then the immobilization is energy conservation. So that's pure shutdown. And that's, that's calorie conservation. I think that's, that's, I think that's probably my one. Ash, would that be right? Mm-hmm. I tend to, I tend to shut down. Yeah, yeah, and we again a lot of things. I don't know if I'm just so used to it now, but I, that would have been things I picked up at the very beginning of the relationship. 
um, mm. or at least a few months. And anyway, it was not like you, you showed me all that the first day, but um, but yeah, it's I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I remember one particular time, and there uh, we'd had an argument about something, and you were talking to me, and I was just I couldn't even answer you. I remember not even being able to able to talk to you and and I know for me I can also I kind of you hide away I hide I literally hide away I put my arm I put my arm over my eyes I will literally hide away or again this was all before as well uh before Mm. you got diagnosed Mm. so it obviously Mm. our relationship at the start was very it was it was difficult because can you imagine not having that as a so you're not you've not got that to work on so to me it was I remember saying it to you it's like arguing with a brick wall your back's mm-hmm. literally turned to me we're never going to be able to move to move forward we're, we're not communicating mm-hmm. here so um once you've got that diagnosis obviously it, it's it explains a lot and you can make allowances etc you know so yeah, um, I remember that that particular time, and I remember it took every bit of energy, mm. and I was I just had to build up to it, and it was such a struggle to actually say to you, "I'm in shutdown mode." Yeah, yeah. Mm. Have you have you had experiences like that, Kella? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like I had more meltdowns when I was a kid, mm. and now that I've gotten older, they've transitioned into being more shutdowns. Um, but yeah, it it comes down to just me having to say I I can't right now like and even sometimes you know I become non-speaking mm. and it's uh I, I can't even verbalize that um but yeah it's very much like that yeah is, is there any of the or could you possibly clear up Kella some of the I suppose some of the biggest misconceptions that people have around around autism yeah, so I think probably, well, one of the bigger ones you mentioned up front is that all autistic people are the same. Mm. And you said, you know, when you've wet, met one autistic person, you've met one autistic mm. person. Um, we're just like anybody else. We're all different from one another. We're human. We all experience different challenges, strengths, ways of communicating. We all have different interests. So I think that's a big one. But I think probably one that, I hear from other autistic people most often is that we lack empathy. Mm, yeah. Um, and I think that is really dehumanizing and it can be really harmful because it, you know, paints us as these sorts of robots, which couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. Um, yeah. Because the, the, the flip side of that is we can experience quite extreme empathy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we experience um, a lot of empathy sometimes, sometimes, you know, more than we can handle. Um, we just experience our emotions and we express our emotions differently than non-autistic people. Um, even if that means, you know, having difficulty identifying our emotions, that doesn't necessarily mean we're not feeling them. We just might not be able to communicate what we're feeling. Um, but we often, you know, kind of go back and forth between feeling too little and feeling too much. And we do often experience empathy more strongly than allistic people, mm-hmm. sometimes getting really overwhelmed to where we kind of shut down and we just can't express what we're feeling. Um, I think, was it Dr. Milton uh, proposed what he called a double empathy problem, um, 
in which autistics and non-autistics find it difficult to interpret each other's emotional expressions. Mm. Um, but regardless of how we express it, we do experience it. Yeah, I think a large part of that is kind of associated with the, the theory of mind, um, which yeah. is around autism is perhaps not being able to understand the mind of, of someone else and, and expecting everyone to to think to think how we do and feel the emotions that we do or not being able to understand why they would feel what they feel or what they why they would think what, what they would think, which was, um, I think, best known... Borat's cousin, I think, Simon Baron Cohen, came up with the theory of. Uh, well, he's one of the main the main researchers around theory of mind, and he is actually Sasha Baron Cohen's cousin or brother or something like that. I can't I can't remember exactly, but uh, you can. Oh, I didn't know they were actually. Yeah, related. I think I think they are actually related. Yeah, um, and now the the autist oh, in wow. me has to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, first cousin. To comedian oh. Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah, interesting. So when you see Borat, know that his 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 first cousin is a is a massive researcher around autism and, and theory of mind. Yeah, I mean, I think a big one is that all autistics are boys. When in reality, yes. people of all genders can be autistic. Yeah. Um, I think that goes back to the original diagnostic model of autism and how it was, you know, rooted in this very specific definition aimed at diagnosing straight wise white cis mm, males mm. um and that often leads to you know misconception about what autism can look like in in all genders and it leads to the denial of autism assessment and support uh leaving many to go undiagnosed or misdiagnosed who don't fit that narrow definition i think i think for girls the kind of theory around it is they are typically more social so perhaps mask it a little bit better and it, it it can be quite late in life actually when a lot of women end up actually being diagnosed and that i think that has led to that misconception that it's it's all boys yeah i mean i think females just naturally within society are socialized different mm-hmm. than males um but i think it's also important not to discount the experiences of you know non-binary or gender non-conforming Autistics which which because... there is, um, I think there is a, a pretty strong correlation, I think, isn't there? There is a higher percentage around transgender, there et cetera, is, and, and around neurodiversity. There is. Um, I don't really know why that mm. is, but yeah, there is a higher percentage of, you know, non-binary and gender non-conforming autistics than non-binary yeah. and gender yeah, non-conforming yeah. autistics. Mm. So I think a big, another big one is that Autistics can't be employed or get married or go to college or those sorts of things. Um, I mean, not every autistic person will do those things, Mm. but I think it's kind of insulting to assume that we can't or that if we do, then we must not be autistic. Mm. And but uh, and saying that there is there is the cases where that is the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, those those minor I perhaps probably in the minority. I remember working with a with an autistic client before who was. I think perhaps in his late fifties, had never kissed a girl, had never been in a relationship, was actually quite repulsed by the human body, had always lived alone. Um, so very much the, the stereotypical autist, and it was actually a, a very sad case because he had gone his whole life um, without being diagnosed, was very successful in business, uh, worked in the tech industry and stuff like that, and. 
you know, that hyper focus toward work was well rewarded and everyone was just like, oh, he's just a workaholic and, you know, he doesn't have time for romance or stuff like that. So the other misconception of that is, you know, we can be <laughs> quite successful and, and autistic traits can and do have their strength in, in particular areas. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And of course, Elon Musk being being one of the tribe <laughs> for for I'm for better or worse. Not a math and science. Yeah, I'm not a math and science autistic. No, me neither. Yeah, I, what was it? Dyscalculia is that is that what it's called? It's kind of numerical dyslexia. I I, I struggle mm-hmm. with basic with basic maths and. Um, oh yeah, I. I don't do math. Yeah. Well. So again, another misconception is that I think it's probably that the savant, you know, if you're autistic, then you're, you have to be like Rain Man and you're great at maths. Yeah. Or... And actually only about 10% of autistics are actually savants. Mm. So, I mean, that leaves 90% of us to just be you know, quite average. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I remember, I remember a client saying to me and she knew I was autistic and she knew it was kind of on the Asperger side. She's like, oh, you're all right. That's, that's, that's the intelligent one. That, that's the handy one to have. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not like, you know, a Sheldon. No, who is apparently not autistic. Isn't that the case? They're, they're kind of, is he not? Apparently I've know. seen I, some I, things I that go on that to... he's not. They've never painted him as autistic. He's just He's just weird, but that that would be a very common. Yeah, yeah. I try not to play into those media portrayals because they're just so inaccurate yeah, and so yeah. cringy most of the time that I just I don't know. But I'm definitely not a Sheldon either way, mm. autistic mm. or not. That's not yeah. me. Do, do you remember Ash when when I was getting diagnosed and I'd had the first couple of assessments and it was coming up to the last one, and I was saying to you, I'm feeling a little bit. I was feeling a bit anxious, and you were like, "Why?" I was like, "Because what if I'm not?" what if like whatever the criteria is like i'm one point off so i'm definitely not fucking normal but i'm I'm not even fucking autistic enough to be autistic <laughs> there, there was that fear of would i be or wouldn't i be yeah no i remember that yeah so i just mm. i think an there is that i was just gonna say i just think you just needed an answer you just you knew you didn't feel like you fit it in and you needed yeah to know why and it, and that is, I suppose, a common thing around it for, for a lot of autistic people. I don't know if it was your experience, Kelly, but certainly not, you know, growing up your whole life, not feeling like you fit in, feeling more of an observer, um, having to learn what it is to be human and how to interact with other humans and stuff like that. Did, did you experience anything like that yourself, Kelly? Or Yeah, yeah, I was very much, and still am, uh, very much like a people watcher. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of, you know, those of us who were diagnosed a little bit later in life and not in childhood, um, we do go through that period of imposter syndrome, mm. especially people who are self-diagnosed as autistic. Mm. There is that imposter syndrome of, well, what if I'm not autistic enough? Or I, I do this well, yeah. maybe that means I'm not autistic. Or And we kind of play into those stereotypes and myths ourselves um, mm. to kind of you know say, well, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. So as as we've been talking about some of the the major misconceptions, Kelly, there is one particular huge misconception, I suppose, that has reared its quite ugly head over the last two years because we are in the midst of a pandemic and people were getting vaccinated. And prior to anti-vaxxers around COVID, there was other anti-vaxxers before that. Can you speak a little on on the big misconception around that one? Yeah, so a major misconception is that vaccines cause autism, Mm. which 
you know, not only do vaccines not cause autism, but it's actually quite hurtful to assert that they do. Um, you know, hearing people say that they're so worried about the existence of autistic people that they would rather risk illness and death for their children um, than to have them be autistic is kind of beyond insulting. It's equally insulting to assert that our way of being is the result of vaccine mm -hmm. damage. Um, and this has really led to the creation of many harmful and even deadly tre treatments such as uh, like bleach enemas and those yeah. sorts of things. Um, so it's caused a lot of harm and it really has its origins in uh, an ethical and a fraudulent study in the 90s mm. by, I think his name was Andrew That's Wakefield. Right, yeah. And yeah, and so he had claimed that there was a connection between autism and the MMR vaccine. Mm. But since then, his research was unfounded, it was retracted, and he was actually removed as a physician from the UK medical registry. So, um, yeah, but the reality is that autistic traits existed well before vaccines. Mm. Um, you know, it's just a variant. It's, it's a neurotype. Um, and that the MMR vaccine that so many claim because of that study um, causes autism was created actually well after what became known as autism was first described. So it's just completely unfounded. Yeah. But, I mean, if people want to take their medical advice from Jenny McCarthy on uh, MTV, you know, <laughs> rather than the medical professionals that has come out, discredited the study, the, the, the sample size, how it was undertaken, you know, the... the f yeah, it was like a, a super small yeah, sample size, yeah. too. I don't know the exact um, Yeah, but it was, it has been discredited. So to be precise... And let there be no mistake, vaccines do not cause autism. In fact, one of one of my favorite memes, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen it, Kella, is uh, actually autism causes vaccines. Because many autistic <laughs> yeah. people, you know, because of how we are, are very good scientists and engineers and stuff like that. And a lot of people that go into the scientific and the STEM professions are autistic and they develop vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually due to way around. <laughs> a lot of autism causes vaccines. <laughs> So that was Straight Talking Autism and a huge thank you to Kella, a.k.a. The Awakened Neurodivergence on the Facebook page for coming on and telling her story. Hopefully we can shed some light on autism on this April, which is Autism Awareness Month, which coincidentally was this time last year when I found out I was autistic. Unbeknownst to myself, I was autistic and Autism Awareness Month. So a huge thank you to Kella for coming on. Make sure and check out her page. If you'd like to check out our page, you can get us on all the social medias. You can get us on the website first. The website is stmhpodcast.com. If you want to get in touch, drop us an email with to come on and tell your story or with guest suggestions or feedback or anything like that, you can get us at hello at stmhpodcast.com. stmhpodcast, that's the way to go with everything. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Yes, we are actually now active on, on TikTok. All of those are at STMH podcast. I don't know shit about the fucking TikTok because I'm an old man now. Someone that is younger is Ashling. Ashling, I'm leaving I'm leaving the TikTok. I'm leaving the TikTok to you because I just haven't got a fucking clue. Like so yeah. we're putting videos up on TikTok. We have a video up which has almost eight thousand views in less than twenty four hours, which is all thanks to you doing whatever you're doing. That's that's working. So huge thank you to you. What what else are we going to be doing on the TikTok? You had me standing and me looking very awkward for anyone because I do in front of a camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fantastic. Um, it's just another platform. Um, mm. And with TikTok now, I, I'm pretty sure TikTok takes over 
Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it it's just what the younger crowds and and yeah. It's... But we are going to be putting up clips. We're putting up clips mm-hmm. from the from the episodes. So there is going to be video clips going up on yeah. TikTok, and we're also having it that people can ask me questions, so they can comment on any of the videos mm-hmm. or stuff like that. If they have questions mm-hmm. around mental health for themselves, or they're looking for some mental health advice or anything like that. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get back to them. I'll, I'll do a TikTok video or we'll, we'll answer them on the podcast. So it is going to be a lot more interactive in, mm. in, in that sense that we can reply directly with the videos and stuff like that. You can, you're still doing it privately if needs be with, mm. with mm. Instagram and stuff like that through message, the message there. But mm. if, if you, as long as you're happy to, to put it out there, um, just, yeah, there's, there's an option there in the comments. You can also get us on Spotify and iTunes and all of your other podcast providers. iTunes and Spotify do give you the option to leave a five-star review. If you've learned something from this podcast, if you've taken something from it, if we even give you a laugh, five-star review would go a long way to helping us reach a wider market. This podcast is non-profit. It, it takes a lot of profit <laughs> to, to, to run it, and we don't look for anything in return. So any of those likes and shares comments on social media mm-hmm. five-star reviews on itunes or spotify that's that goes a long way into helping us reach other people who may need it and we know people need it because if you go onto the website stmaspodcast.com you will see a new page there about testimonials and you will see the feedback that we get and all of that is copy and paste just from emails that's not even stuff taken from any of the multitude of the social media comments and and dms that we've got of the impact that we're having with the podcast so you can you can click into them just to show that we're not bullshitting. I didn't make them all up the other day. I just copied and pasted them from the emails that we received. So you can do that on the website. First one out of the way, Ash. Feeling all right? Happy with that yeah. one? No, happy enough. Yeah, you? Good, yeah. Uh, absolutely happy with that. Brilliant. So the only thing I have to say is to say we will leave the last words with Kella. She's going to give us some words of wisdom. Or is mm-hmm. she? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what that was going to say, but in the meantime, folks, look after yourselves and look after each other. Kella, one of the things that we that we do on the podcast for every guest that comes on, we ask them to to share some life learnings, some wisdom they have gained throughout this life so far, or some motto, some creed that they live by. Is there anything you've you've taken from this life so far that you that you'd like to share with people? Doesn't have to necessarily be around autism, but just some words of wisdom that you'd you'd like to pass on. Oh my, see, as an autistic person uh, being put on the spot, like yeah, this, yeah. I just don't know what to do with yeah. that. You can um, freestyle it. <laughs> freestyle it. I don't know. I feel like I want to say something really wise and nothing like my brain is like, I, what is an apple? I don't yeah. know. Like, you know, like what is the most mundane thing? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Mm. I'm sorry. No, it's not actually. It's actually it's a very interesting thing that I see with with clients with autism. So at the end of every session, or at the end of every psychotherapy session, I, I will ask every client, you know, what stands out for them or what did they take away from that session. And autistic clients really struggle with that question because yeah. they need a lot of time to process. And they'll say, "Oh, yeah. it'll, it'll, no, it'll come to me on. That. It'll come to me three days later." Oh, yeah, or like you know, three in the morning. It'll it'll happen. I'll, <laughs> I'll think of something, but it'll be too late. But actually, you know, before we got on here today, I was telling my husband, "I'm like freaking out because I, I said I've never done something unscripted before. Mm. Like I'm I'm adept at giving discussions or training or those sorts of things where I have a presentation, I have notes, mm. and." I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. 
And he's like, well, just have a conversation. Mm. I said, I don't just have a conversation. <laughs> but that's not how I work. Yeah, yeah. But And that's, you know, again, that, that's something that needs to be addressed that, you know, for a lot of autistic people, you, you know, you'll never know perhaps the struggle that they have faced in preparation for something like this or, or even just meeting yeah. a friend for coffee or something. You know, they, they can map yeah, out I mean, conversations. They can be, you know, people just will not know. And that's that's the masking side of it, I suppose. Yeah, if you had asked me all the questions you asked me in a written format mm. and I responded in a written format, I, I would have looked like the best writer of all time. Like, I would have looked so put together. And here I am thinking, what did I even just say for the last hour? <laughs> Kella, we want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and also sharing your wisdom around around autism. It's been an absolute pleasure and we wish you every luck. And again, for everyone to check out the Facebook page, it is absolutely fascinating. If, you've, if you have autism, if you suspect someone you might know, you're going to find a lot of information on the Facebook page of Wake and Neurodivergence, which is going to help. Thank you. Thank you. Health.